Welcome back to the Dynasty Alphas podcast. We only accept alphas on this here podcast. Get out of here, you betas. Welcome back, everyone. We're happy to have you. Look at us, boys. Who would have thought? Dude, it was actually a week. We're back Two in a week. Two in a row. <laughs> Two in a row stick, sticking to the schedule so far. Who would have thought? You know, not me. Honestly, not me. <laughs> I don't think anyone listened to no. that either. <laughs> no, no. No, they crossed no. us off. They're like, we're not going to hear from these guys again for another four <laughs> yeah, months. We were written off, man. <laughs> yes. But, you know, uh, again, I'm Tony Langer, at Tony Langer on Twitter. Uh, I'm Alex uh, Burback, at Burbackinator on Twitter. And at FF Alpha Tony, Tony Lennox over here. Yeah, so if you guys didn't hear the first episode, back, I guess. We mm. had a first episode back in like, I don't know, June of 2019. First episode of 2021. Yeah, yeah. for 2020 yeah. that would have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we just refer to each other by our last name, so that's what you're going to hear. Uh, Langer, Lennox, and Burbs. Um, but yeah, boys, I mean, I think this is a pretty big step for us uh, coming back. Uh, a week apart? That's that's shocking. Honestly. I feel very adult right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we committed to something, and we're doing it. And we stuck to it. I'm uh, proud of us. Yeah. Yeah. And we got a good episode today on some running backs. We mm-hmm. do. We've also not only kept a schedule, put in some work outside of the show. Yeah. Uh, feeling good about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're... Yeah, like we said last episode, new year, new us. Twenty twenty one. That's that's our year. That's the alpha's year. Mm-hmm. So we're uh, the year of the alpha. I think. Yeah, the, the year, year of yeah, the alpha. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those like zodiac Chinese uh, calendars. Yeah. You know, year of the alpha. Calendar. Year of the alpha. <laughs> that makes. So Except much when you sense. listen to the Dynasty Alphas, it's always the year of the alpha. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna be bringing you good content regularly. The plan is every Wednesday night we'll be recording. Um, you guys should have this when you wake up on Thursday. Thursday morning so yeah I hope you guys are ready to just you know enjoy the ride with us and uh, be ready to listen week in week out mm-hmm. um, but yeah so we just uh, we'll just get into the news here quick mm-hmm. um, there's not a whole lot because you know the regular season's over and we're into the postseason a little bit but I think probably the biggest thing that came out this past week was the Deshaun Watson news yeah. and him probably wanting out of Houston he does not seem very happy no. with the uh Hiring process of the GM, the, the Andre Johnson tweets, yeah, you know, Hopkins back in like yeah, hopped on to Dre's back and said, "Listen to this man." Yep, um, it's it's not looking good for his future in Houston, basically. Um, yeah. And we've seen some rumors out there that you know Miami might be the top landing spot if they do choose to move on from Tua after one season, which. I mean that's that's a little surprising to me if I'm being honest. But if you can get Deshaun Watson, I think you got to get Deshaun Watson. Oh, um, mm-hmm. they would be in the playoffs if they had Desha- like they would have yeah. been in the playoffs if they played Fitzmagic. Yeah. So with Watson, whew. yeah, the I, trade would be unpre- like their the trade that would happen for that would be groundbreaking. You know, I think they would need at least two of the one three and the. 18th overall pick. I think that that's a minimum that they would be getting yes. if they traded Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. which yeah. I mean, if you think about it, that honestly might be a good move for both sides because the Texans don't have a good roster overall, and they need all the picks back that they can get because mm-hmm. they had Bill O'Brien who just decimated that team for <laughs> yeah. years, mm-hmm. and I mean, I'm not ready to write two off yet. I don't think his career is yeah. written in stone no. at this point. It's tough for me to see all of the takes you know, or opinions that, you know, give up on Tua. I mean, for Watson, of course, yes, I would. But even talking about drafting someone at 1-3, if I'm the Dolphins, I trade back, I stick with the dude I took uh, 1-3 the year before, 
and bolster the team another way. But then, of course, today we got the news about players not trusting him either. And so that kind of changed my mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I fully agree with you there. I feel like the smart move for them is to trade the three pick yeah. and stick with Tua, trade all. the three pick, get a few more picks, then just start building. Like, you can add a receiver at any point in this draft. It's so deep. Yeah, I mean, you, he yeah. needs wep- He needs more weapons than he currently has. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Gasicki did well this year. Parker was fine. But outside of that, they don't have – anybody no they need no. all the weapons they can get for him and i feel like if they trade back from three they can probably start you know moving that um just towards a two centric team and hopefully he improves but yeah that's um, what i'm hoping um so outside of watson i mean just through these last playoff games i mean mm-hmm. brown's playoff win which i don't think anybody would have expected incredible it was just it was an incredible game to watch mm-hmm. yeah, honestly that, it yeah. was I missed like the first thirty seconds in the game, and it was already seven nothing. Like it was, it was insane. Yeah, I didn't watch the first quarter, and I thought it was a joke when I saw there was twenty eight zero. I was like, "What happened? This score's got to be wrong." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that was the first win since we've been on this earth, boys. That is incredible. It was since nineteen ninety four under Bill Belichick, which that seems like a geez. different universe. That would have been a different universe. Yeah, it seems like it because that would have been in like January ninety four, and none of us were born at that no. point. Wow. wow. So that's pretty crazy. Our first Browns playoff win. <laughs> I think we just got to say that. it's his big moment for us. <laughs> Congrats to the Browns fans. You've mm-hmm. been through a lot these last 26 years. Yeah. And uh, good luck with the Chiefs. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're happy for you, but good luck this week. <laughs> and it was, it's kind of a Viking uh, win, too, because of Kevin Stefanski. Oh, absolutely. You're welcome for the incredible absolutely. head coach that we let you have. You know what? That's a great way to put it. Skull yeah. Vikes. So Vikings also got it in, got into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, and they uh-huh. won a game, and yeah, that was the first AFC Vikings win. Yes, yeah, <laughs> Sweet. also historic. Congrats to the Vikings. Skull. All right, school. You know, another huge longtime playoff drought was snapped this week as the Bills won their first playoff Woo! game in twenty five years. I love well. the Bills. Bills are sweet. Yes, uh, also, so Stefan Diggs on that team, so another Vikings win. I mean, we're winning. Oh, all my gosh. We're winning all First two Vikings playoff AFC wins this year. Are the Vikings wow. the best team in the NFL <laughs> after their players get traded? They might or be. coaches. That's what I'm saying. I think that probably belongs to Jets players after Gase, but <laughs> this was pretty sweet. I mean... The Vikings winning two playoff games this year. I mean, I wouldn't have thought that. So that was pretty sweet. Yeah. No, the Bills just fired on all cylinders. I loved watching them win. Yeah. Same with the They're Browns. They're the most fun show on turf this year. Honestly. Josh Allen's yeah. slinging it is must-see TV. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm pulling for them. I'm pulling for the Bills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's go, Bills. Oh, yeah. As long <laughs> as the Packers don't win, I'm fine. So that's all that matters. Um, I think the other, probably, I mean, bigger than the last two news blurbs that we just had, uh, Doug Peterson is out in Philly. Canned. Another round, a second show of round of applause. Just me right now. Uh, just Burback here. But thank the Lord for Miles Sanders' owners that Peterson's out of there. He did not know how to use We'll get into him later in the show, but all I'm saying is goodbye, Peterson. I, what are your thoughts as a also Jalen Hurts fan slash owner? Not like- of bigger – that is where I'm not as big of a fan uh, because mm-hmm. now I have no idea what the new coach is going to want to do with QBs. Um, which is another huge question. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I've, I've seen all sorts of reports that Doug Peterson wanted to fully go ahead with Hertz as the number one quarterback, but Jeffrey Lurie was mm-hmm. not really feeling that. He tried to make he wanted to like try to make it work with Wentz, 
and Peterson was just like not having it. And you know, he he said he kind of like resigned slash was fired, and yeah. that came down to him, you know, not like not wanting people to just tell him what to do anymore. So yeah. I mean, that seems like that could be very viable. Um, yeah. So who knows what's going to happen with that QB room? But that'll be an interesting offseason storyline to follow here, depending yeah. on who they hire and kind of what they what their philosophy is on offense. Um, yeah, that was surprising because I thought Peterson was a huge supporter backer of Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was um, to hear that he wanted to make such a strong switch. Doesn't that kind of tell you if your head coach is saying, "Hey, we gotta go with this younger." guy Wentz is not doing it for us mm-hmm. I don't know I'd trust the coach but <laughs> but I also don't trust him with Miles Sanders so I don't know what you want to take from that yeah I mean it'll be interesting to see what happens this offseason with mm-hmm. that team um mm-hmm. can't really get worse is all I gotta say no. about that um yeah how about how about we get into these running back rankings to speed yes! boys we got a lot yes! to cover <laughs> I'm not even gonna tell you how many we have planned so you're not disappointed when you get to the end of this episode good so. call we're going to get to as many as we get to. I'm not setting our standards too high on this one. So. Alpha move. Alpha move. Alpha move. Set the bar low so you can't go under. <laughs> Big time alpha move. So the number one player that we have here in our rankings disputes um, is Saquon Barkley of the New York Giants. Uh, Lennox has him at RB6 overall in his dynasty running back rankings. Burbs has him at five. And I've got him all the way up at... Burbs I has have him, him at four. four now. Yep, I got him at four. He just notified me. And I have him at two. So I have not moved him off of uh, his preseason ranking for me and all of offseason ranking uh, from 2020. I've stuck stuck true to that. Stuck to your guns. Yep. So who wants to start? I'll let how, I'll just let Lennox start yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, I can just start because it's, it's really short. Um, and you're going to get into the to the statistics of, of why he – Shouldn't be as low, and, and I'll probably uh, be forced to move him up. Uh, but uh, it's it just comes down to Saquon Barkley fatigue, to be honest. Um, he's been a consensus top two, maybe three dynasty running back for three straight years, and it's not his fault necessarily, but two of those three years you just weren't happy. He didn't perform at a top three running back. To clarify, um, you mean fatigue of having him high in your rankings, not at his Yeah, because I, I bought in yeah. for three straight years, yeah. and yes, absolutely. Not like his no, physical body's wearing correct. down. Correct. Yeah, you. no, okay. it's just personal. And I, yeah. I, if I'm feeling it, I feel like maybe across the industry, some people are feeling it too. Um, if he comes back this year and looks great, I'm all in. He's way He shoots back up into my top three running backs. He's young. He's ridiculously talented. But it's the things out of his control that are the worries. It's the, it's the random injuries that haven't missed time. It's Daniel Jones turning the ball over and fumbling it and not giving him scoring opportunities. So um, that's just it. That's why I just have him low at this point. There's some younger backs that um, just sort of have that blank canvas that we'll get into that I'm just more excited about. But um, that's why I just have him low. It's it's just been the disappointment of recent recency bias. So yeah. um, I'm willing to hear uh, why he deserves <laughs> yeah. to be number two, though, because uh, – <laughs> I'm sure there's a, a lot of reasons why. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear you, Langer. Yeah, yeah, on that note, I'll just yeah. take over because, I mean, as Lennox said, I've got him at two, and Burbs is right in the middle of us at four. I did have him at two at one point. He did. I he will did. say that. Um, so basically, my reasons for Barkley are, I mean, he's been pretty incredible when he's played, and that's been even with him being hurt. So, I mean, he's averaged 19.4 points per game in his career which that would have been the RB4 this year behind Derrick Henry. Which, that's nasty. That's pretty cool, especially when you take into account that he played most of last season with a high ankle sprain. 
and he wasn't fully healthy until towards the end of the year when he went off for 28, 42, and 20 points in the last three games of the year. Mm-hmm. To end um, top 10. Yeah. Any season. Yeah, and missing missed three four, games. Yeah, missed almost four three full games. Four, almost missed, four full. Yeah, he missed almost four full games and finished his RB10 on the year, which is pretty remarkable, honestly, when you take that into account, especially because he wasn't even healthy when he was playing the other games. No, and not to interrupt you, but no. that actually surprised me when I was looking at his game log from last year was – I only saw three full games missed because in my mind it was six, you know, but he, uh, he, he wasn't out that long, but yeah. Yeah. And you know, he's just like a true home run threat. Anytime he touches the ball, he can take anything to the house. He'll break off huge plays in the passing game. He'll break off huge plays in the running game. I mean, even in week one, he didn't, he got shut down by the Steelers. You still saw him make a crazy play on that reception from Daniel Jones where he ended up hurtling a dude and just, like, 45-yard catch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was well. I mean, he's just so much fun. He dazzles. To, he's so much fun to watch. Um, I mean, he's still young. He's only 23. He plays over 80% of snaps when he's healthy. He's one of the true workhorse running backs in the NFL. I don't really see that changing. No. Biggest um, thighs in the world. Biggest thighs in the world. I mean, AJ, AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon. Ah. He has something to say about that. He's threatening, okay. he's threatening Barkley's thighs, which, you know, is kind of alarming. You might but. need to settle this once and for all, right along with the 40-yard dash. Just thigh, <laughs> thigh circumference. Because <laughs> I'm going to base my drafts on that. So, <laughs> But, yeah, on top of all that, I mean, he's averaged 72 catches per year over the first two years. And that, again, with missing almost four full games and with a rookie quarterback, um, who's pretty mobile and like to just tug it down and run himself, which hopefully when he comes back this year, he'll this in 2021, I mean, he'll um, have developed a little further and might mm-hmm. learn to check down to his superstar running back. Um, and I, I think he's going to get a pretty big second contract in the NFL, regardless of, you know, what's happened these last couple of years, which I, I just think there's security in taking a player of his elite caliber with his elite skill set um, and just explosive ability um, I think the main detractor on that is, I mean, he has, he does have injury concerns. Like we don't know how he's going to come back. I mean, I'm not a doctor. You aren't doctors. No one, no one really knows how he's going to come back. There's varying opinions all over Twitter. If you look at that. So, I mean, he could absolutely start the season slow. He's, I mean, he's expected to be ready for training camp, but I mean, who knows? There could be setbacks. It was ACL, yeah. right? Yeah. Was there anything extra? I think there was some other stuff. But okay. I don't really yeah. know. But I mean, exactly. week two, he should be ready for. Um, for the start of the season. Yeah, it, I mean, it that's... it happened in week two, right? I mean, they said he's going to be ready for training camp. Yeah. But again, there could always be setbacks. And even if he starts the season slow, as we saw in 2019, a slow Saquon Barkley is still a top 10 running back. Yeah, and that's why I have him at four still. I had him at two, and I had to move... I moved Dalvin and Kamara at two and three for the sole reason that they've shown me they've done it recently where Saquon did it. And that... I think if Saquon would have played 12 to 14 games at least, we'd have him at RB2 still. I think it's because he missed the season with the ACL. He's even being questioned at number two. And I feel like people forget about his 2,000-yard rookie season Mm -hmm. um, total. And like you mentioned, the outstanding metrics that he had in the combine, his film and stats, the type of prospect he was. um, Unbelievable. Injury-prone... The ankle injury, yes, but an ACL tear, I mean, let's not forget about freak shows like AP or, you know, they say most people come back from an ACL tear stronger. To me, it reminds me of just Delvin. It's just his value dropped when he was injury prone. Now it's two straight years of not necessarily being injury prone and being an RB1. Like, Mm -hmm. Saquon, if he has one more year of being a top 10 running back, 
great. Yeah. To me, he's firmly RB1. Like, RB6 is right in the middle there. It's just, if he misses a few games and finishes at 10, then that's, you know, like, I could see that in his range of possibilities. So, yeah. don't disagree with anything you say. He's a stud. So, um, yeah. I think, I think, and we'll get to it more, it's who you put above him. That's yeah, where the, where the true <laughs> argument gets, gets, yeah. gets uh, should we, started. Should we just get into that, then? Yeah, like, I think we have to. Cause Tell the listeners who yeah. you have above. Because usually, right? you know, at Burbackinator over there is the hot take guy. Um, but this one, I know once I send in these rankings, uh, these two let me know that uh, I have a very hot take with my running back rankings. So, um, for me, I have two sophomore running backs that jumped into my top five uh, running backs. And I'm not with the consensus, uh, Jonathan Taylor. Most people think the best running back out of this rookie class is going to end up being Jonathan Taylor. He's slotted at seven for me. Again, RB1. Um, but the two I have is I have DeAndre Swift and J.K. Dobbins at four and five, respectively. So for reference around this table, uh, Langer, I believe you have Swift at eight. I have Swift at eight. Yep. Burback, you have Swift. 16. 16. Uh, Dobbins, <laughs> I have him at five. Langer, 10. I got him at 10. Yep. Burback, Eight. eight. So yep. we're closer on Dobbins. Yeah, and then just for reference, sort of the Dynasty community as a whole, for January 2021 Dynasty League football rankings, they have Swift at 7, Dobbins at 9. Uh, they're January 2021 ADP. They, uh, Swift is being drafted as 6, Dobbins is being drafted as 8 for, for running backs. So, yeah, that makes sense. I know, it's it's an aggressive take. I don't think a lot of people have that because um, youth can definitely be overvalued. In Dynasty, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have these uh, prospects that just – don't work out whether it's situation it doesn't work out but uh for me what i the research i did that showed me i think we need to have some of these rookies in our top five is uh with sophomore running backs and i really want to show you guys uh what happens if a sophomore running back breaks out because with this rookie running running back class we have so many guys that showed their talent it's it's incredible 2017 so uh I'm going to have you guys uh, hop in the time machine here with me. I'm going to go back five years, and you're going to hear some, some names from teams that probably uh, – Ooh, tight squeeze, but we got in. <laughs> uh, so it's going to be running backs <laughs> from the past five years that had top ten finishes their second year in the league. So sophomore running backs that finished as top ten running backs. So back to 2016, we had two, David Johnson, Melvin Gordon. 2017, we had one, Ezekiel Elliott. 2018, it was that great 2017 running back class, so we had four. McCaffrey, Kamara, James Conner squeezed in there, and Joe Mixon. 2019, uh, Nick Chubb and Saquon Barkley both were top 10 their second year. And then this past year, we did add two more with uh, David Montgomery and Josh Jacobs both being top 10. So um, what that showed me is for the past five years, every single year there's been at least one running back that finishes a top 10 running back. Four out of those five years, there was two. And in a historic running back class like 2017, four of the sophomore year running backs had top 10 seasons. So... It clearly happens. Running backs do that. I think this is a class that's more similar to that 2017 class. So what I want to see then is what happens to a player's value once they break out and show that they can produce that young into their career. So there's a mixed bag here. There's some names that didn't have great rookie years. There's some guys that were absolute studs their rookie year. But how I valued it was I want to see where their ADP was before that uh, sophomore breakout and where it was after. So I'm going to start naming guys here. Uh, So Melvin didn't have the best rookie year, was running back 15 after that year two top 10 season, running back five. David Johnson was really good his rookie year at back half. He was running back three going into the year after was running back one. McCaffrey, not the best rookie year, running back nine after running back two. Kamara started running back five after the breakout, running back three. James Conner, this one even surprised me, 
No one knew about him going in his rookie year. He was running back 47 dynasty. After his year, was drafted as running back 10. Mixon was running back 11-7, Chubb 10-7. Zeke and Saquon were the only two that actually uh, lost value, but they were so – they had such good rookie years. Uh, Zeke went from two to three, Saquon from one to two. So Saquon couldn't go up. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. He couldn't. So what that showed me, uh, or at least what stood out, was every single one of those running backs, after they had their top 10 year, went and became a top 10 drafted running back the next year. Even guys who – uh, had disappointing rookie years. James Conner, even out of nowhere, like we didn't know about him, started being it. Some can be shout fool's out gold. Bell. Yeah, shout yeah, out to Lebel. Some can be fool's gold. But Woo. the other thing that I noticed was running backs that started off as guys that we were interested in and were being drafted as top 10 guys going into that second year. So that was guys like McCaffrey, Kamara, Zeke, Saquon, David Johnson. When they had their big second year, the Dynasty community, all of them were top five the next year. So that's, to me, what it takes is if you're sort of being seen as a already good prospect, you have your sophomore year breakout, those guys are going to be top five dynasty assets. Like, us as a dynasty community wants to eat that up. Like, we want yeah. some meat and potatoes, you know, like, and we just want to eat <laughs> those young running backs potatoes. up. So as mentioned before with uh, my two guys, Swift and Dobbins, they're currently being drafted as wide receiver – or sorry, running back six and eight. Um, so they have that already top ten – Going into this year, which is usually based off hype, it's based off the flashes we saw that rookie year. Um, neither finished his top 10 last year, so it is sort of shocking for me to uh, project them to jump into this top five. But if David Montgomery can be a top five running back, I think Swift can. I think Dobbins definitely can. So to me, I think they, if they have a top 10 year next year, the recent trend is their dynasty value is going to jump. And a lot of that has to do with guys like we're thinking Kamara, um, Dalvin Cook, McCaffrey, if one of them gets hurt, especially those older guys, they'll drop naturally in the rankings, and some of these younger guys will, will fill in with how they how well they do next year. But um, honestly, if you want to take a look at uh, that trend as a whole, pick your favorite rookie running back. Like, I'm betting on Swift yeah. and Dobbins. That's just – I think they are very safe, good assets for top ten seasons next year to make that happen. But it could be Akers. Like, Akers is incredible. James Robinson did it last year. Mm-hmm. Clyde, if Lev Bell's gone, uh, Antonio Gibson could be uh, what I'm thinking Swift is going to be. Yeah. So, like, There's just Jonathan so Taylor, many. To ch- There's Jonathan Taylor so many. is already being considered, like, a top five guy. If he even just has a top ten year, his, he's going to be top five. Yeah. So, there's so many He's the one that's that, most poised to be a for sure Absolutely. probably top And he already five. showed he can be top 10. Yeah, yeah. The guys he was six on the year, I think. Haven't. So yeah. um, to me, pick any one of those you want. My bets are for uh, Swift and Dobbins. So why Swift? He just to me represents a potential Camara type production where what I'm saying by that is Camara is the ceiling. Obviously Camara is insane, but Kamara gets a bunch of his usage through the passing game. He's never had a top one or a thousand yard rushing season, but he's finished as a top five running back three of the past four years. Mm -hmm. DeAndre Swift, I don't know if he's going to be a thousand yard rushing back, but he also was already top 10 this year in running back targets. Uh, He was number nine on the year. Kamara was two. Um, Kamara was averaging 6.3 in 2020. Swift was averaging 4.3. And Swift wasn't getting the touches that he's going to get, the snaps he's going to get next year. So it's only going to take two more targets per game for Swift to have the passing volume that Kamara gets. So to me, 
that's just something that's sitting there. The coaching change is going to be something to watch. If he gets the wrong coach in there, it's not going to happen. But to me, if Galladay leaves and it's just Hawkinson and him or a young rookie receiver or someone from out of town, he could lead the team in targets next year. He could be mm-hmm. number two behind Hawkinson. So to me, that Camara type back is why I think Swift could jump into that. For Dobbins, it's more team fit. I know he doesn't catch the ball. He doesn't do it like Swift does, but yeah. he's in a historic Ravens rushing offense that – um, even though Lamar is going to get some of that, Gus Edwards will be there. Um, the touchdown upside is ridiculous. He scored in now eight straight games going through the playoffs to finish the year. Mark Ingram at age 29 was a running back one, scoring 15 touchdowns. But Dobbins is way more explosive and just better fit for this offense. I think they let him explode and just between volume and just work in that offense, he finishes top 10 next year too, or at least has a good chance to. And then both of them make that jump. So I want to be ahead of the curve. Um, it's an aggressive call. You don't have to believe me, but uh, I want to make it early, and, and those are two guys I think I could easily see jumping. I mean, uh, yeah, you go. How about – yeah, why don't you talk about Swift first, then I'll yeah, take Yeah, running I'll back 16, Dobbins. I need to hear. How about, yeah, how about yeah, you? Well, okay, I mean, you my, dig into Swift, I'll dig into Dobbins that makes after sense. you're done. Because yeah. those are kind of like – I have Those are the two that we Swift. are more against. You have Swift infinitely Dude, he finishes 18 this year. And, 15, uh, and I, got him at, I got him at 16. Um, okay. <laughs> I have him two spots above where he finished in 2019. Uh, and I know um, that it's a different Lions team. I know that AP was there and he won't be next year most likely. Um, yes, Swift's volume is probably going to go up. 16 is, yeah, it's most likely too low. I have Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Aaron Jones, and James Robinson, um, the four guys ahead of DeAndre Swift. If you want, challenge me on Twitter and talk about how idiotic that may be. But James Robinson, Aaron Jones have already produced his RB1s. Miles Sanders, though? Miles Sanders, no. That's an, I like the that's, James. I respect the James Robinson though because yeah. he fits that same thing. Yeah, I, he he's done it, but I here I don't understand what you've seen from DeAndre Swift to make you put him ahead of Saquon Barkley, who's who's had two thousand. I mean, we're talking eighty. We're talking eighty. Thirty more targets. Thirty more catches. Three hundred more yards. DeAndre Swift did have 10 touchdowns on the air, mm-hmm. which is nice. Which, I don't see what would tell you that the Lions are going to be a team that produces a number one running back, which they haven't done. Reggie Bush wasn't a number one running back. Um, you could have said the same thing for the Giants and Saquon before that. But any, anyways, the reason I do it is it's... Well, the Giants it's, have had good running backs. Oh, yeah. The but, Lions have not ever ever really in our in our uh lifetime been a running back team and i get deandre swift is like he's so different from any running back the lions have had or drafted um i don't i I don't see i i get that it is in the realm of possibility it yeah it's hot it's hot and that's why i think that it just it's Ugh, I don't know what to, I don't know what else to say there. It's so hot no, for me, it's such an underwhelming, so, poor rookie year with so with. Uh, I just don't get it. I just geez, don't get okay. it. Tell me how you really feel. But uh, no, the <laughs> I way, know. I know. So I'm, these are my personal rankings, and none of our personal rankings are ever going to match up with the consensus. But what I'm trying to show to myself is I value him very similar to Saquon, which is saying they have four more years now 
three, four more years where I know that they're going to be their starter. I know that they're going to produce. Likely, it's just uh, recently it's right. It's been Saquon being injured. Um, to me, I just I I want these blank canvases. I know it's a hot take, but mm-hmm. no one else's rankings are going to be the same. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to look around and I'm going to see that. I think Swift is very close to Saquon because of what I could see them both being for the next three years. So I need to look at around my league, find those gaps and differences. I don't think there's that much difference. If I own Saquon, which I don't, I would try to get Swift plus team need. Like if you want picks mm-hmm. with Saquon, I would or picks with Swift, I would try to get that. If you need wide receiver help, do Saquon yeah. for Swift and something because I think they're pretty close. Like to be honest, I don't think it's that far away. You're getting multiple years with these running backs, I think they're that talented of, of backs. Um, to me, you're right. Like, I think the consensus will drown me out and I'll eventually, you know, I need to put Saquon Barkley up there, but I think it's pretty close. Oh, and, I don't, and I'm not trying to get you to change your rankings. Mm-hmm. The one thing I will say is um, I think if we're, if we're saying Swift has Kamara upside, which mm-hmm. I 100% believe that he does, I think to reach that upside, he needs to be on the Saints. Because the Saints have had a top five running team uh, the last 10 years, I think. They've been in the top five. Um, they know how to use a running back like Kamara. The Lions have absolutely no idea how to use him. And so, That's the yes, coach, he though. has the potential. That's the coach, though. It's, I know. It's and Patricia the Lions have had, been doing They've the tried. Thing. I mean, I Patricia's only been the coach for two years, three years. And before that, it was also the same. I, I guess, yeah. I, I think, think there's a substantial he has the potential for well. Kamara. But he also had a worse rookie year than Kamara, too. Oh, for sure. So Absolutely. I just don't – I don't know. I, I don't see it happening. Just to wrap up this Swift talk. <laughs> so we, we, we spent a lot of time on Swift. Yeah, we have. I'm obviously in the middle. If you, uh, you saw my world-famous uh, Dynasty running back rankings this week on Twitter, at Tony Langer, give me a follow. Give yeah. me a shout-out. So many retweets. Um, oh, world God, famous. so much. Viral. If you, would, Viral. if you miss that, man, you're not, you're not living. <laughs> Um, just to speak to both of you, I think both of your rankings are a little crazy. Um, but Lennox, we are I mean, you both admitted opposite that. Sides. You both admitted that, Dude. and that's what uh, you hear the dice community. Be original about your rankings, and mm-hmm. then if you're not original, you're going to get just absolutely pulled yeah. over until yep. you are. So yep. Uh, yep. eight is right where uh, consensus is, so congratulations, Langer. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Um, yeah, but yeah, basically just to wrap up Swift, highest I can see myself putting him as RB6 ahead of Henry and Chubb just because of receiving upside, but... Even that's too rich for me right now. He hasn't shown me anything to put him there, so I, I can't do that. Um, so then, just to wrap up Lennox's um, you know, spiel here, I'm going to talk about Dobbins for a sec. Um, so like we mentioned at the beginning, uh, Lennox has him at 5, Burbs at 8, I'm at 10. So I'm the low guy on Dobbins, but like I feel like – I mean, having an RB at 10 overall is not – shouldn't be an insult. Like Lennox having Saquon at 6, like that's not – that shouldn't be insulting. Like it's like – I mean, these players are elite. Like, that's, yeah. that's sweet to even have a top 10 running back. Like, that's going to be RB1, yeah. yeah. That's incredible. Yes. Um, Dobbins finished as the RB21, but he was RB30 in points per game during his rookie season. Um, but to, you know, counteract that, he didn't really start taking over until week 13 uh, when the Ravens finally showed some trust in him and gave him a ton of work. Um, my Biggest concern about Dobbins, like the offense is sick. He's going to get a ton of rushing yards. Uh, Lamar takes away a ton of coverage from him. He, I, I just don't ever see him being a volume pass catcher. He had two targets in the final five games and one catch over the final five games of the year when he was the starter, which is, uh, I, don't, I can't think of another word other than horrific. 
Um, <laughs> makes my eyes bleed if my running back gets two targets over five weeks. Yeah, that's not um, good. That's no not matter really how good unless he is. Unless you're Derrick Henry. Unless you're Derrick Henry, you're not going to be better than RB3 at the most, which Derrick Henry rushed for 2,027 yards and 17 touchdowns and was still only the RB3 because he only caught 19 passes on the year. I mean, if Dobbins is that good, then that's sweet, and he can be. Like, I fully believe in Dobbins. I think he could be that good, but I, I just – could never see myself taking him over an elite pass-catching running back that also gets a ton of work like Saquon. And I think you hit my biggest point is that, well, I'll, so I'll, I'll speak positive first, my positive notes. He's going to be the starter on the best rushing team in football. Um, he was easily my favorite back out of the 2020 class. Love the way he runs. Um, the Ravens are notorious for rushing with a committee, and they have Lamar Jackson to vulture all that work. I believe J.K. Dobbins is a top 10 running back. I don't think he'll ever be top five on that on that Ravens team. I don't think he can be, even though they're the top rushing team in the league. Um, but I, I, I have him at eight. Um, yeah, I mean, we all like these guys, obviously. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. We just have them all over our rankings, and, I mean, they're all great players. So, like, we're not trying to hate on anyone here. We're just, you know, just giving our points and why we feel the way we do. Um, Invest in the rookies. <laughs> before we move <laughs> yeah. on to the next guy... I just want to say, if you like are listening to this episode and you are just like screaming at your radio, like, we, like radio, screaming at your phone, <laughs> screaming at the get your ham radio, yeah, got the ham radio, please just come at us on Twitter, just mm-hmm. like at Tony Langer, just come say what an idiot I am, say how stupid my rankings are. Um, again, if you miss my world famous dynasty rankings this past week. Um, I don't know what, what, you're, are you, I, what are you doing. What are but, you doing? Um, if you somehow missed those, uh, you haven't checked me out on Twitter yet, please come give me a follow. Come, uh, I don't even just dump on me. I don't even care. Um, yeah, I'll take I, it like OBJ. Yeah, Herbs. I'm the same way, dude. If you want to come at me and tell me like, hey, loved hearing your voice. You have a great radio presence. Man, your takes are a hundred percent. Come at me with all that stuff. Anything else, you guys can leave out. <laughs> And remember to also just dump on at FF Alpha Tony. Um, he didn't say it, but he wants it to. He likes it. Um, <laughs> let's get it. He likes it. Let's get into the next guy here um, before we get too off the rails. Uh, Cam too, Akers. Too late. Yeah. <laughs> Talking Cam, about poop. Cam Akers is the next dude <laughs> on the list. Um, this is going to probably just be a me versus, me versus Burbs debate because Lennox is right in the middle. Lennox hasn't been at 15, to, yeah. Burbs at 18, and I'm at 12. I love the guy. I don't even want to debate you. If we don't want to debate, yeah. we don't really talk that much because like, I, I am at 12, and I just – like again, there's like not much from a st- statistical standpoint that I like saw from him this year that was sweet. Like He didn't really do that much until the final few games where he put up – like in week 12, he went 9 for 84 in a tutty against the Niners, which that's pretty good. That's cool. Yeah. That's a ton of yards per carry. Cool. Then he continued that with 21 for 72 and 1 against the Cardinals in week 13. So, I mean, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But then he went – off in week one of the playoffs against the Patriots with 29 for 171 on the ground and then two for 23 through the air. Um, After that, he got a high ankle sprain and kind of derailed the last, uh, the rest of his season. But then he came back in the postseason and just went off again against the Seahawks. They're just feeding him volume. He's super young. He's a rookie running back. Like I, I saw enough to have some hope in him that he can, you know, be a beast moving forward. Um, And I obviously, you boys know I loved him this offseason. Uh, treated him away. Treated away my only share, sadly. But, you know, 
Um, and I'll never get that back with who I traded it to. But, um, <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, I, I like him. I'm gonna, just going to keep him in RB12. Uh, if he goes back to Daryl Henderson's backup, then that's a bad ranking. But if he keeps up this work, that's also a bad ranking because he should be higher. So yeah. mm-hmm. I'm just going to stay right in the middle of where he could be and where, you know. He might be the most – have the most value because yeah. people aren't treating him like they're treating Jonathan Taylor or like they're treating Swift Swift or even like Antonio Gibson's hype. Like I don't think Akers hype is quite caught up. You could be Do you buying think you low. could get Cam Akers for less than James Robinson? No, I don't quite think that. But okay. those two guys are the guys that I'm thinking of where you could be getting some crazy production, similar production to these higher value mm-hmm. rookies for less price. So like yeah. he looks so good. Cam Akers does when they feed him the ball. It's just McVay needs to decide, like, let's go girly mode and give this guy the three-down workload, get Henderson yeah. out of the way, get Malcolm Brown out of the way. And that's what I don't know. Are they – I mean, I, I definitely believe they'll get Malcolm Brown out of the way. Uh, <laughs> I, I've yeah. seen enough of him. Everyone's seen enough. Well, if you just watch the games, it's like, yeah. who pops? It's Akers. Yeah. <laughs> it's, no, it is. And at, when he was on the field, Akers looked the best. Uh, the only reason I still have him at 18 uh, – and for reference, the three players ahead of him, uh, Eckler, Swift, and Josh Jacobs, um, is uh, it's honestly the small sample size. It's the three games that he had where he looked incredible, plus this now playoff game for the Seahawks. Um, was banged up multiple times throughout the year. Hendy also, Daryl Henderson, also showed that he can do that within the Rams offense. So I Cam Akers is better than Daryl Henderson, don't get me wrong. Um and I think I'm undervaluing him at RB18 for sure. I just haven't – and I loved Cam Akers coming out of the draft too. I Three games isn't enough for me to put him into like my top 12. Um, but, I again, I understand why you would. I you got to buy him before the breakout though because then it's too I, late. I know, so. I know, I know. You got to make your decisions on some of these rookies because – all yeah. of them could. All the Rams could. just seem like they're going – they're trending towards a committee backfield. Uh, all, and always. See, I feel like Even at the end like, of Gurley's career, they were doing it. Well, yeah, at the end of his career because he has 40,000-year-old knees. Yeah. But, um, I mean, see, I kind of just see the opposite, though. Like, I mean, it's tough to say because Henderson's been out, but they've given Akers so much work. And, yeah. like, Malcolm mm-hmm. Brown is just, like, tossed into a dumpster, which, like, that's where he belongs, but, like, it's good to see. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to see Akers get all this work. Um, but, I mean, I mean, this whole offseason, there's going to be a ton of narratives, and beginning of next season will be very telling when both of them are healthy. Um, I think we could all end up being too low on him, so. For sure. Oh, well, I, I think he had, like Lennox was saying with his, um, with his statistics about sophomore running backs, and this class has so many. I mean, just. Both Akers has a top 10, top 12 is, yeah. season, and he jumps up into our top eight, you know, it's like yeah. instantly. Yeah. So. So I think you're right. I think we could all end up just being, just not going with our, with the film and the talent. Um, Cause that, that's, that's bitten us in the ass before. Um, and I, you know, I had that note on DeAndre Swift too. Um, putting more stock into their situation than their talent. It's what we did with AJ Brown. And mm. uh, I mean, our league was wrong. I'm sure there were leagues that were smarter than us. Yep. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> but I, so I, I might have to reel myself back in a little bit, uh, but three games just isn't yeah, kind of the Antonio in the Gibson NFL. versus Keyshawn Vaughn. Oh, Last year's situation versus talent, like, oh, God. Yeah. good thing you got them both. I did. <laughs> and yeah. them both away. <laughs> um, 
we're just going to probably just have to touch on this next guy. I don't think we'll spend a lot of time on uh, Miles Sanders. Oh, baby. Uh, Lennox, why don't... Why don't you just, you know, give us your points on him? You got on the lowest RB19. Yeah, that ranking was pre-Peterson uh, firing. Um, so he's much more intriguing with Peterson gone. Um, I'm not positive. I haven't looked into his game log. But the narrative in my head was, wasn't he worse with Wentz, though? He was much better with Jalen Hurts. Is, is that what I'm remembering right? Miles Sanders. So, yeah, this this year, yes. He was yes. worse with Carson. So with Carson. it sounds like Wentz is going to be back. I think that could maybe be an issue. But Peterson, if... if they have a new coach who gives them a three-down workload. 19 could be low, but um, for me, it's it's a similar sort of uh, uh, argument to Burbeck had before with Swift is, is I'm going to put guys who I've seen have RB1 finishes uh, ahead of them. So uh, I have him behind uh, quite a few guys. I have Jacobs, Eckler, uh, Akers, Robinson, uh Aaron Jones and David Montgomery all above him. Um, every Acres is the only one I guess that hasn't had an RB one season, but uh, as we just talked about, we all see him having the hype. Um, so in those Doug Peterson offenses, Sanders the his first year finishes RB fifteen, twenty uh, first in points per game. Uh, this past year finished as RB twenty three and was nineteenth in points per game. Um, he just hasn't shown me to be a top fifteen running back now. If Except next, his rookie year when he was fifteenth. Yeah, so, but at night, 21st in points per game. So what I'm saying is just in a vacuum to me, back-to-back years, he's been 19th and 21st. So, like, if certain running backs don't get hurt. In, P- in points per game, you mean? Yeah. Okay. So okay. all I'm just saying is uh, I have him at 19. That's a round that's between his two finishes. To me, there's just been guys who have shown to be RB1s. Eckler has been an RB1. Jacobs has been an RB1. Aaron Jones has been it twice. Uh, Monty looked better than him this year, and nobody thought that was going to happen. So, uh James Robinson looked incredible in his limited role. If he gets it back, he could be incredible. So to me, it's just the history isn't great with Sanders. Um, If it's one more bad year, I could just see him sort of going out on that last year of his rookie deal. No team necessarily wanting for that second contract. So for me, he's just a little bit lower. But the Peterson news intrigues me a Mm -hmm. lot more now. That absolutely does. Yeah. And I... I'm going to disagree that he's had bad years. So he was 15th uh, his rookie year, and that was with battling for snaps with Jordan Howard until the end of the year. The Peterson Until effect. he got hurt. The Peterson effect. Yeah. Um, and this was the stat I wanted to bring up. He was better this year than he was last year. Um, he had 164 y- attempts for 867 yards this year. He had... Um, Let's see here. Let me do math. He had 15 more carries for about 50 less yards his rookie year. So he had less attempts, more yards on the ground, with an offensive line that was hurt. He had 50 targets. I would say or he had 64 targets his rookie year, which went down to 50. Here's the thing that is why it looks like Miles Sanders had a bad year. One, he was out. He missed four games. Um, and the fifth game, he I think it was the game he played and then came out because he was still hurt. Mm-hmm. Um 26 catches out of 50 targets. He had seven drops by by um, by PFF. I was going to touch on this. That means that <laughs> that means that so many of his throws were so awful off the mark that he had no ability to catch them. He also only had six rushing touchdowns and zero in the air. You get you, he was RB 15 his rookie year. He missed four games. Like and uh, I don't was almost a, a thousand drop yards. is a yeah, catchable ball that was dropped. Is. If it was a non-catchable ball, it's ruled that. So seven catchable balls he dropped. 
I think his receiving. Okay, the, so the, so then the rest out of the so that uh, so if he had twenty six catches and fifty targets mm-hmm. and only seven drops, that has to be on Wentz. Well, he, uh, the rest of those I, have I to think, be on Wentz. I think a lot of it was yeah. He had a fifty three point eight percent percent catch percentage, which is. Like that's that's horrific for any position, but especially yeah. for running back, and you want him to be more up around seventy five percent. Exactly, and he has but, the rushing ability that the other receiving backs have shown, like Kamara, who doesn't have a thousand yards, but he had eight sixty seven missing four games. Mm-hmm. Um, Peterson had no idea how to use him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the upside's there. It's just I think there's inherent risk for a running back going into their third season that hasn't done it, and I don't think the team necessarily thinks he's done it. I don't know if he's currently a running back that gets that second deal with his team like we've seen Mixon and Cook and Derrick Henry so far he hasn't been that guy so yeah. that to me that there's inherent risk mm-hmm. of one more down year and the team just being will finish out the contract but with running backs you know I don't know this next season will be very telling if That's he it. goes yeah. off it he is. will get it's, a second it's contract based on big time yeah. yeah if he keeps getting hurt and is not as effective as he can be. I mm-hmm. don't know if he'll get another deal with the Eagles. At least he might have to move on and you know take a, I don't know, a committee role with. Yeah, the, it's going to strongly team. depend on his year next year. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. Next guy we want to talk about here is very interesting player. Um, there's going to be opinions all over the board on this guy all off season. Uh, James Robinson. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Lennox has him at RB sixteen. Burbs at RB twelve. So. A very back-end RB1, and I actually have him the lowest RB18. So I, I'll i just dive into just, like, my quick bullet points on why I'm not necessarily fully in on Robinson. Um, I mean, I don't know how much credit can go to, like, the UDFA status at this point because he went off his rookie year. So, like, I don't really even care that he was a UDFA. Like, good for him for doing this. He's literally the best UDFA running back of all time in his rookie year, I think. Oh, it got to be. But he had literally zero competition. He had no one to compete with. Armstead went to COVID immediately and didn't mm-hmm. play all year. And Divino Zigbo, who was actually getting a lot of training camp hype, was on IR basically the entire year until the last few weeks of the season um, when Robinson had already well-established himself and they didn't really need to cut him back at all. Yeah. Um, another point, which... Sounds like it can be in favor of him, but I kind of see regression coming. Is he led the entire NFL in percent of team carries inside the 20, inside the 10, and inside the five-yard line? He was number Insane. one in all of those categories. I think at week, it, during week nine or at week nine, he had 100% of his team's carries <laughs> uh, from the five-yard line. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. And so he inside the 20, he had 77% of his team carries. Next closest was Henry at 70%, which you don't think that that's that big of a gap, but... When, like seven percent of team carries at that point, that's quite a few carries to just you know maintain for yourself without giving to your backup. Instead, the ten was eighty one point three percent. Next closest was Zeke at seventy six percent. Again, that's only five percent, but that's that's quite a few carries if you think about it in terms of the overall season. Um, and inside the five was eighty three point three percent. Next closest was Jacobs at seventy eight percent. So if you just wow. dial that back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to lose a decent amount of opportunity in that realm. Whether I don't like, I'm not saying that they're going to invest heavily into a running back. I think that James Robinson is their guy, but I just think that he will have some regression this coming year. I don't see him getting the work that he's going to get because he had no competent quarterback play. Minshew was a disaster. Jake Luton was absolutely mm-hmm. horrific. 
and they had Glennon starting, which we all know what Glennon is as a quarterback. <laughs> he looks like a giraffe, and he sucks at football. Yeah. So Glennon should be a descriptive word for a QB like that. Like, oh, he's such a Glennon. Yeah. Does it sound like a just yeah, yeah, like a such, adjective? Such a Glennon. Such a Glennon. I, so I think when he gets confident quarterback play, like the offense will be better, but I just don't think they'll have to rely on him as much. They'll have Trevor Lawrence slinging the ball to DJ Chark, mm. Lavisca Chenault. If they add anyone else, I think that I, I think that the passing game will be significantly better, and it'll cut down on Robinson's overall volume and possibly his scoring opportunities with maybe passing some more inside the twenty, inside the ten, inside the five. Mm. Um, again, I'd be psyched to have him. Like that'd be awesome to have him. I mean, you probably oh, got him for nothing. Him, yeah. uh-huh. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd love care. him, but I just think that like there's regression coming, and I just can't put him ahead of guys like Eckler, Sanders, Jones, Clyde, mm-hmm. etc. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where the bigger names come up in front of him. You're like, oh, I can't put him ahead of that. But I honestly feel like I might be too low at. Do I have him 16, 15, mm-hmm. 16? Yeah. 16. Because, I mean, just looking at this game log, so, like you said, terrible quarterbacks. I know that means he got volume, but to produce on a terrible offense like that, that's still so impressive. Half PPR, he missed the last two games, but two games under uh, double digits. So, yeah. like, he, every other game, 12 as out of 14 games, yeah. he was over, like, multiple games catching the ball. So, it, it comes down to um, the rumors, Urban Meyer, if, if he's going to utilize him. Um, but if they have a better offense – and keep him in a similar role, maybe it's not as much. I could see him finishing as an RB1 again because he proved he was. So um, I think we could be low on him in that aspect because we're just disrespecting him. We've seen Philip Lindsay kind of have a great year, not this good of a year, but like uh, running back one year, and then the team just didn't believe in him. So new mm-hmm. coaching staff, staff that's scary. Um, but he just looks so good. <laughs> I know. And, that's, and, you know, I do agree with, uh, well, regression. Um, I do see the running backs being better next year than they were this year. So James Robinson finishing at RB8 this year. Um, He missed two games. Mm -hmm. But I see the field of running backs being better next year than it was this year. It was Mm -hmm. a little down year. Um, But that's why I have him at 12 because I see him getting 1,000 yards. Uh, He had seven touchdowns. I could could see him getting around seven or eight. Um, And he had 50 catches for 350 yards and three in the air, which – I actually think if they do get Trevor Lawrence in a new I, – why not utilize that? He does have that catching ability. And, you know, the rumors that came out why the Jaguars just cut Fournette because, you know, they couldn't get one shoe for him, which was rightfully so. But it was also because they had plans for James Robinson. They loved this dude. He produced his rookie year. Great height and weight. I just uh, this is just I love seeing 5'10", 220. Love that BMI. That is right? love that BMI. Mm. Huge BMI. Um, was an RB one and two hundred forty attempts. I think that he didn't have any competition due to injuries and COVID. And a new coach is going to change it. But I think they, I think it all points all signs point to them wanting to use James Robinson, and he's definitely got the talent uh, to repeat as a top twelve uh, running back. So that's why I twelve is probably uh, my hot takey on James Robinson, having him above Aaron Jones, Jacob Swift, Eckler, Akers. I mean, I don't think it's a bad ranking at all. I'm like, I could very mm-hmm. well be way too low on him. Um, but I am. Are you just I would weary say I'm about more, him being consistent? I'm just year on, more year risk averse, and yeah. I just think that the 
the floor could fall out. And there's and so many guys coming yeah. back. We have McCaffrey, Saquon, Zeke with Dak back. Mm-hmm. Eckler's going to be healthy, Sanders. So, I mean, the, you're right. Yeah. The, the pool is stacked this and it's year. And it's risky. You know, you have the undrafted free agent that broke out their rookie mm-hmm. year. There's always the worry about a flash in the pan. Yep. And he, like, not even the gets team's close not to reproducing. Him. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think... Whole new system management coming. Watch this transition. I Ooh. think that we could see a Chris Carson type Ooh. value value curve for him because he exactly was a UDFA. I was thinking of too, gets dude. a ton of work and yep. produces, but he's never valued as a top twelve running back. Yeah, I like that. But produced, I like that value comp in terms of ADP uh-huh. versus what he. And if you would have bought him his rookie year, you made the right choice. Yeah, he mm-hmm. did play very well. True. Here. Yep. And I, I'm guessing the trend was sell Carson after that year. Oh, oh for well, sure. He, I mean, his rookie year he didn't do anything, but. So I like that value comp, I yes. do. So speaking, yeah. obviously, if you guys didn't pick up on that, mm-hmm. I think that was a pretty This was one of our most requested players on Twitter because yes. we didn't have too many requests. We had two requests. It was 50% and, um, of the uh, requests. 50% yeah. of the requests. People <laughs> were begging for it. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. we're, we're going to give it to them. Shout out to George Allen for the DeAndre Swift. I'm pretty sure that was him. That George, was. George Allen. George Allen. Uh-huh. Yep, um, shout out to George Allen. So, Chris Carson is our next topic. I mean, we don't have a lot shout of disagreement here. Yeah, shout out to Nick Bauer, uh, Skull Vikes Dynasty League, uh, year two champ. Nice work, buddy. Um, Damn it. <laughs> so, again, like, we don't really have disagreement on where we value him. Lennox has him at RB29, and me and Burbs have him at RB25. Um, I think this just comes down to there's a lot of questions around him in Dynasty. I mean, is he going to be resigned in Seattle? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I have no. I have absolutely no idea. Like the Seahawks, obviously they want to run the run the hell out of the ball. They want to just. Yeah. They, they want to literally get rid of their OC. So yeah. they want to pay Russell Wilson thirty five mil to hand the ball off fifty five times a game. They don't want to pass a single time. They got rid of Schottenheimer because mm-hmm. he thought about passing too much, and Carroll's like, Mm-mm, yeah. not having that. When the Seahawks started to play bad is when, um, if you look, they started to run more than pass. Is when, it's they, weird how that is works. when they started to play bad. It's weird how huh. that works. Yep. What, what do you guys think? Do you guys think he's going to be resigned? Uh, I have no, no idea. I don't. <laughs> um, but that doesn't mean he won't sign somewhere else and could be oh, intriguing sure. somewhere else. So that's where I'm low on him, but it's it's subject to that news. If he gets resigned, he's he's in my top 20 just because we've seen it. We've seen him in that Seahawks system, mm-hmm. and it produces. So, um, But one thing just with Chris Carson, uh, he's going to be going to his fifth year at running back. Uh, just the recent history, we haven't had some good running back classes and guys that last long in their career, but the past three years, running backs going to their fifth year later. Uh, 2020, we only had one running back that late in their career finished as an RB1. That was Derrick Henry this past year. Uh, 2019 was only Mark Ingram. 2018 was only James White. Um, you have to get back to 2017 and 2016, where it was guys like LaShawn McCoy, Mark Ingram, Lev Bell. Those guys produced later in the, into their career, so... I think we could have that with Derrick Henry, Kamara, but a guy like Carson, mm-hmm. I don't think there's the upside of his top 15 seasons unless he's back with Seattle. So Yeah. No, I, I, for him to for him to finish top 15 again, I think he needs to resign. And I'm just going to be honest, I have I have no idea what the Seahawks are thinking. They took Rashad Penny in the first. You would um, think that they want to get I don't, something out I, of him. I know. Like I he's just, going to be fully healthy going into next year. You 
like I don't have any expectations for Penny, but you would think that the Seahawks might. They spent yeah. a first on him. Yeah. So I don't know if they're going to make that mistake again and take another early running back or they, learn they from can't. their mistakes. They don't have a first and they don't have a third unless they want to waste a second round pick on oh, another running back, no. which they might. Oh, that would be, that so, would be so stupid. That would be so dumb. If they, if they bring in another running back, it'll be through free agency. So Yeah. If, if Chris knows? Carson gets signed... We have him at 25. You you said you'd move him into the top 20, yeah. and you have him at 29. But do you – like, I would probably consider him low tw- low teens, but you got to think about Rashad Penny also coming back. The highest but, I can possibly get him is RB18. That's yeah, right yeah, behind Aaron yeah. Jones for That's me, where I was right thinking, ahead like, of 19. James Robinson, which is too low probably. Yeah. But like, like you were going to say, like, Penny in 2019 was breaking out right before – yeah. He tore his ACL, MCL, PCL, LCL, whatever. He just exploded his knee. He was taking a massive chunk of the pie in Seattle away from Chris Carson, and he was looking dynamic with it. So yeah, yeah. you would all, think all that they have some plans. All my penny owners from that time period, Chris Carson stayed healthy for two full years. Penny tears his ACL, and then Carson got hurt the same week. <laughs> that was the worst thing oh, that could happen. Gosh. RIP to Penny. Yeah, and it's... You know, but I used to be so down on Chris Carson when he first was in the league. And then I realized when, because of the injuries, he gets banged up a lot. And he that does. is a knock on him. Uh, he's one of the running backs that if I have him on my team, kind of like if I have Will Fuller, like we've talked about, I'm just going to expect 12 games. I'm going to expect four games somewhere to be missed, maybe four or three. But when Chris Carson is playing you never have to guess whether to put him in your lineup or not. Mm-hmm. He is in. Whether that's the Seahawks offense or Chris Carson, who knows, but if Chris Carson gets signed, he has to be in your top 2018 running back. So mm-hmm. um, he's at 25 now because if he doesn't get signed, he's probably dropping lower. Yeah. Um, and last point, not, not even a point. I just love the player. I love Chris Carson. I love his style. He's sweet. Um, he's mm-hmm. super fun to watch, but yeah, I mean, injuries and uncertainty of his future mm-hmm. regarding where he's going to play, what his contract's going to look like, kind of just keep him down in our rankings. Yeah, um, but as an undrafted free agent, his first four years, he was, I think he was top 24 except his rookie year. Yeah, he's um, very good. Um, we just There's just one other guy we just want to mention here before we leave you for another week. Um, I'm so sorry. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, I'll miss you. A guy we agree on, right? A guy we agree on. Cool. Antonio Gibson. Yes! I think it uh-huh. might be a little weird that we all have him in the top 11 no. running backs. That means it's going to happen. I have him at 11, Burns yeah. at 9. That's Lennox three alpha approved. Like, I can't believe I'm the highest on him, actually. I can't believe I I'm the lowest. I thought you would be Langer. I, I thought love you would be. Antonio Gibson. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he got... He got the triple alpha stamp, which is pretty yeah. cool. Um, That's pretty much a guarantee that he's going to be. Yeah, where we I stay. mean, we really don't have much time to touch on him. I just, I'm just going to say that he's an elite athlete that's still learning the position, and he went over a thousand total yards on eleven touchdowns on the year mm-hmm. on a terrible offense. That's incredible. Which yeah. is sick. That amount of touchdowns. He showed it, and he also got the Adrian Peterson stamp of approval before he left town, saying yeah. this is his team. Like, yeah. So yeah, AP um, left was just like, oh. Gibson's here. I'm going to Detroit. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 I don't even know McKissick's contract status. I don't think he's that resigned at all. If he's gone, the sky's the limit. If he's yeah. there, he's going to be a massive pain in the ass. Just yeah, because like he, he was number one in running back targets this year. That's McKissick. How many games was he hyper targeted though? When Gibson it was it was, was the in there? second half and when Gibson it's, was gone. But I mean, it's just, it's just Alex Smith and the other. It is. It's like the Phil yeah. Rivers. Uh, I do love. That Gibson is tied to Rivera, though, 
who did with McCaffrey what he did at the beginning. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. that does also move him up for me. Um, and, yeah, just seeing his athletic ability just pop on yep. screen was incredible. Yep. He's he's amazing. We all got him as a top 12 RB. Get that um, man a quarterback, Terry, yep. too. Yeah. And get him some more targets, man. Um, but, yeah, we just want to thank you guys for listening. Again, follow us on Twitter, at Tony Langer. At Burbackinator. At FF Alpha Tony. And please, uh, if you heard anything, again, like that you disagreed with um, or that you agreed with, if you want to be nice, that's cool. I don't think that many people want to be nice, though. They more just want to talk about what they didn't like. So yeah, I'll take it, though. Yeah, oh, we'll take any interaction. So just, you know, come at us. Just... You know, you can slide into the DMs, which is kind of sexy, or you can just like do it right out in front of everybody. I do want (laughs) just you know, just call us out, tell us that we're idiots, tell us why you think that way. Uh, We're very happy to interact with anybody. Um, If you like the show, please rate and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you are. Um, Please give us a follow and please uh, just come back every week. We'll be here Wednesday Mm -hmm. nights recording. Should have it Thursday morning. Just love talking football with you guys. Yeah, Yeah, buddy. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to the Dynasty Alphas podcast. Here we go, boys. Uh, Alpha. Alpha. We only accept alphas on this here podcast. Get out of here, you betas. Uh, uh, Alpha. 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 Oh, man, that felt good. Welcome in, everyone. Uh, if you didn't just notice that, we have a new theme song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Burbackinator over there for the fire beats. Yeah, you know, just something I uh, diddled around with. Uh, I could have phrased that better. Just but cooked it up. Wow. <laughs> diddled around. Wow. <laughs> on that note, uh, I'm your host, Tony Langer, at Tony Langer on Twitter. Here with my co-hosts, Alex Burback, at Burbackinator on Twitter. Yep, the diddler. And... <laughs> Tony Lennox at FF Alpha Tony on Twitter. Give us all a follow. Uh, you should probably hit up Burback with how fire that theme song was right there. That thing, he cooked that up himself on GarageBand. And yeah, that, you know? The Some people always, want more beats, I already can tell. Yeah, I mean, the phones are, I mean, the phones are going off the hook right now. Uh, but yeah, something I've wanted to get into for a long time. Hope you all enjoy. <laughs> we'll hopefully be adding more to the podcast in the future. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's a great start. Yeah. That's a great starting yeah. point. We're just point evolving. You Thanks, know? boys. Appreciate the support. I mean, I'm sure you're going to hear a bunch of different variations of that, at least, because we never really know what we're going to say. When Subject to change. Up, so uh, we gave it a couple test runs, and you heard the uh, first live take of it. So yeah, you're welcome. Special treat. Um, yeah, boys. Three weeks in a row. Dude. <laughs> I'm so, I'm beaming with pride. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Consistency is key. This is the most, is like... You know, de- uh, devoted I've been to something in a long mm-hmm. time. You know, I usually procrastinate and, you know, don't do things. But this yeah. one, I'm doing it. And just for just so the audience knows, he got married uh, in November. Yeah. Uh, last November. Uh, so, but this is what does, he's does been devoted matter? to the most. <laughs> does that was, uh, the football podcast. Yes. <laughs> no, not in the fantasy world it doesn't. Mm. Yeah, I don't think that really matters that much, honestly. Um yeah, but uh, I'm proud of us, boys. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot to talk about today on t- uh, today's episode, so let's let's just dive into the news here. Let's get let's just rip the bandaid off on the mm-hmm. news. We got a bunch of new coaching hires. Mm-hmm. Uh, Falcons yeah. hired Titans offensive coordinator Arthur Smith. Um, 
That's pretty cool. That's, yeah. that's neat. That's neat. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it for the Falcons. Yes, yeah. offensive coordinator going to the head coach, offensive minded, some good weapons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seems like a good hire. Cool. I typically enjoy when offensive coordinators take head coaching positions as opposed to defensive guys, just because yeah. I feel like it helps more for fantasy. I mean, I don't know if there's any data behind that. I just feel it in my bones that I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you can go back to their old team and see how the offense ran and project it better than what's a defensive coordinator as a head coach going to do with the offense. Or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but yeah, I get it. Very true. Um, yeah, you guys have any, like, immediate takes on this? Like, you think it helps anyone, hurts anyone specific, anything like that? I mean, they have no running back right now. I mean, Gurley is literally 450 mm-hmm. years old, yeah. and he's an unrestricted free agent, so he's gone. There's, I don't see them resigning him. It, no, yeah. that's just not happening. No, and then, I mean, that's the only note is that, that I was going to say was be just look out for who the Falcons' starting running back is going to be mm-hmm. with Arthur Smith's history with mm-hmm. Derrick Henry. I could also I see uh, potentially if the Falcons keep Matt Ryan, Arthur Smith's kind of revived Tannehill a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, potentially could revive Matt Ryan a little bit. Just something to keep an eye on, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what their plans with. Yeah, I feel like it's like super preliminary right now. I mean, Mm -hmm. we don't know anything about what the personnel are going to be in Atlanta regarding the players or the rest of the coaching staff. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Mm -hmm. But no, I I like it. Yeah, we'll we'll learn more about that as the offseason progresses. Um, Lions hired Dan Campbell. uh, Last from the past. Yeah, New Orleans (laughs) Saints assistant coach. um, Previously, the Dolphins interim head coach back in like 2016 maybe Mm -hmm. um i know nothing about him honestly other than that he ruined my dreams for lamar miller um (laughs) so do with that what you will um yeah as a vikings fan lions are gonna be lions so probably you know another football guy uh hopefully doesn't work out for them we'll see mm -hmm. you never know yeah i i don't know anything about him. So <laughs> I have no idea what this means for the Lions. Other than move on, like Lennox said, uh, they're just going to stay the Lions. <laughs> Chargers hire Brandon Staley. Surprise! Shout out UST. Yeah, University Most, of Saint Thomas. Yep. Old Tom's. Yes, Roll was an assistant coach. Tom's back in oh nine. I think, oh nine from the tweet. Yeah, yeah. roll Tom's. Dude. Like defensive assistant or something like that. Yeah. So yep. that is sweet. Honestly, uh, yeah, roll Tom's Definitely and that's root for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other than that, my only take on that is that he's keeping the current offensive coordinator, which I think is a good thing for Herbert and the rest of that offense. So, mm-hmm. cool. Smart man. He coached at UST, so, you know, it's pretty mm-hmm. smart. So. Yeah. It's yep. cool. Uh, Jets hire Robert Sala, defensive coordinator of the 49ers. I, again, don't have any takes on this because I don't know who their OC is. Do you Have you guys seen anything about that? No. I, I, I heard he's bringing – two offensive assistant coaches with him, though, from the 49ers. Ooh, that's cool. So not the OC, but, like, some offensive uh-huh. assistants. <laughs> yeah. um, love that. Richard Sherman today tweeted at Deshaun Watson, uh, let me give you a piece of advice, go to New York. Uh, and I love Sala. Yeah, that's I, 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 Sala. Yeah. He just spent so much time with him as a defense coordinator. Mm-hmm. So. And I heard he's a player's coach. Like, I think I the just, Jets made I a like great choice. Mm-hmm. Starting to re- turn around this franchise. Uh, mm-hmm. They have some decisions to make with their early draft pick, Darnold's, yeah. all their weapons. So Yeah. That is going to be an evolving offense mm-hmm. from here on out throughout the rest of this offseason. So it'll be interesting to see how that team if, progresses mm-hmm. here. If they go to uh, – well, we'll get to QBs it's later. the Bills division anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is. It's a new era. <laughs> um, other than that, I don't – I. 
don't know of any other coaching changes, any that come to the top of your head. No, so we still got Texans and Eagles left. Texans and Eagles are open. Yeah, yep. yep. Eric Bieniemy is looking like he's not going to get hired, and people are uh, that's are, yeah, that's interesting. Are freaking out I feel like on he's Twitter waiting about that. For kind of his pick of the choices, and I don't know if it has it's lined up yet. I, mean, I wouldn't go with either kid. of the teams left. No, he's yeah. got a pretty good gig with the Chiefs. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so not outside of coaching news. We have Philip Rivers' retirement that was official today, mm-hmm. and we also have Breeze's likely retirement. I would say he hasn't officially retired. He said he's going to take some time to think about it, but I think we all know that he's oh yeah probably going to hang him up. <clears throat> um, he did the look back. Mm-hmm. Once did. you do the look back, the last look at the Superdome, you can't look back. Stayed wow. on the field so long That's after. Deep. Thanks. Yep, he did. Yeah, um, yep. loving embrace with his wife and Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, he's a beautiful man. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Philip Rivers, we know it's official. Uh, what do you think that quarterback position is going to look like in Indy? I feel like they think they're more of a win-now team. Do they have a pick to draft a QB? Or do you think they're going to go more veteran? Because that's where I lean. They were in the playoffs, so I don't think they have I mean, that a great, great pick. pick. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure off the top of my head what pick it is exactly. but I don't think their starting QB is on their team right now. No. Uh, Jacob Eason and Jacoby Brissett, I... I don't see how, why, how, yeah, you're right. They're a win now team. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake, I don't know much about Jacob Beeson, but haven't seen a lot of hype from the team at all. Um, I think they either draft or, yeah, go, go with someone they think they can go far with. Yeah, and, and they have the 21st pick in the draft. So, I mean, there could be a quarterback there, but I don't know if you're going to want to reach at that point. Like, I mean, if Mac Jones is there, I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle Trask maybe, but I feel like that'd it's be It's going to be a good offense for whatever quarterback goes there, man. <clears throat> I mean, you hear about the O-line all the time. Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines in the backfield, and some young weapons, some money to spend if they want to go get an, an extra receiver. So could be a great offense, but uh, I don't really know what quarterback's going to go there, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really going to be up to that. Yeah. And what, what do we think about the Saints quarterback position real quick here? Uh, Burbs, do you think that Taysom Hill is going to be the future? Do you think it's Jameis? Do you think it's a... Free agent draft pick that comes in. What are your thoughts there? I do think that there is a absolute like one percent chance Taysom Hill is the starter. Uh, Jameis, <laughs> a lot of, a lot I of think confidence has, in that. Huh? I think I think they like Taysom for how they use him. He's great that way. I think Jameis might. I I'm leaning towards him getting resigned, um, but I really don't know. I, I um, he I think Lennox, you were saying earlier this week, Sean Payton and Jameis. Don't seem like a match. Don't. Uh, but Bruce Arians and Tom Brady didn't either, so I don't know. Well, Maybe the, if you have a choice at the greatest <laughs> quarterback of all time, you. Uh, and yes, I am that. comparing TV twelve <laughs> to James Winston. <laughs> I think Sean Payton's crazy enough to try out Taysom Hill. I don't think it's the right decision, but I think he's crazy enough to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think Jameis is the answer. Um, it would be sweet if he was, but mm-hmm. I just don't think him and Sean Payton the interceptions don't vibe with them so yeah i don't know if the quarterback of the saints is on the team but i think it's a lot higher than a one percent chance that Taysom hill is at least going into a training camp battle for that starting position because sean payton is that crazy about him yeah 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 that'll be another interesting thing to watch here throughout this offseason we got a lot got mm-hmm. a lot to keep our eye on boys yeah. mm-hmm. and we uh we'll always keep you updated here on the uh dynasty office podcast all right 
I think it's time to finally dive in, fork first into the meat and potatoes Ooh, of the episode. No, 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 no. <laughs> Let's get into it. Uh, On this one, we'll be going over our wide receiver rankings disputes. Last week, we hit you with our running back rankings disputes, and this week, we're coming at you with the wide receivers, which is a very fun and interesting position to discuss. People There's have so many good wide receivers. Incredibly <laughs> difficult to rank them. <laughs> it's it's wild. I mean, it was very tough. I know. Just me personally, it was extremely difficult making a top twelve, let alone top twenty four. Um, when you feel like there can be fifty wide receivers that are top twenty four. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's 20 wide receiver ones and there's 35 wide receiver twos. Yeah. Easily. Yes. Uh, yeah. The math checks out. It does. Uh huh. Honestly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the first very interesting point, not so much a dispute, is that wide receivers one through four were all the same for us. Not mm-hmm. necessarily in the exact same order. Burbs threw that off a little bit. But um, I we did. I changed it. Our top four mm-hmm. uh, included Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson. And um, Stefan Diggs, mm-hmm. which I think having Diggs consensusly and unanimously, I mean, in our top four is a little interesting. I don't know if that's necessarily what everyone has at the moment, but I think he deserves to be there, absolutely. After a season and yeah. with Josh Allen slinging him the ball, leading the league in receptions and yards, right? Like and that's, targets. That's a match made in heaven. Receptions, yards, targets. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, I just, after a season like that, how do you not have him in your top five? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I'm glad you boys agree. He's yeah, he's he went off this year, and I don't see why he won't be able to do it again next year. Um, mm-hmm. The connection that he has with Josh Allen and the 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 way the team looks like they're, they're going. not going to lean on the run game. Like no, they've they, they can't they've lean on that run game. It, yeah. So like Diggs is going to get so many just targets, catches, opportunities. Mm-hmm. I mean, Absolutely. it's it's a uh, hundred yards a game is almost you know um, expected. From Diggs, especially after you know the, after this last year, definitely. I, I will say the only so I ha, I'm the only one that has Justin Jefferson at two and Tyree Kill at three, and I'll admit that the only reason I did that is because I don't like Tyree Kill as a person, and so I didn't want him to listen to this podcast, obviously, and then get that satisfaction. Or Justin Jefferson, or Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I wanted mm-hmm. JJ J Jettas to know that I got his back. Yes, sir. Um, after his Randy Moss like season. Of course. I mean, that makes that makes total sense. Mm. So, um, so our first dispute really comes in here uh, with AJ Brown of the Tennessee Titans. Hey, sorry. Um, Lennox has him at wide receiver six. I've got him at wide receiver five, actually, and Burback has him at wide receiver ten. Um, mm-hmm. Lennox, how about you explain why you have him at six? Yeah, lot? wide receiver six for me, um, and it was hard to keep him that low because he's absolutely the definition of an alpha. Like, we are expert on alpha on this here podcast. We're, we're all and if you watch AJ Brown, he absolutely alphas defensive backs in the NFL. It's, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. He's so much stronger, faster. He just makes crazy plays. Um, the only thing holding him back is uh, he's had a little bit of the injuries. Um, you could say their offense is more focused on uh, Derrick Henry, but um, AJ Brown ended up being a Top 12 wide receiver. Looks like he was wide receiver 12 this year. And he had a quote um, that just came out. So he just had surgery on both of his knees uh, on Tuesday. And he said he should have been out for the season after week two, but instead battled through his injuries, made the Pro Bowl, and just, you know, messed around, got a wide receiver one season. He is an absolute tank. He's everything you want in a young dynasty asset. 
Um, so to me, wide receiver six might even be too low, um, but uh, he deserves all the credit. I think 10 is, is just too low for, for the type of talent that he is. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. Um, and I have A.J. Brown at 10, not because I don't like A.J. Brown, but because right above him are uh, like six through nine for me are MT, CD, Calvin Ridley, and DK. Um, so it's, yeah, I, oh my God, I love his talent. Last year he averaged 20 yards a catch and this year I think it was still 17. Um, the only reason I have the other guys above him is that AJ Brown, um, only had 70 catches this year. Now, granted that was for a thousand seventy five yards and 11 touchdowns. And I think that's exactly right. Um, (laughs) I, in the near future, I don't see his volume going up. I like the situation and volume of the other four receivers. You can argue with me about MT. Um, but yeah, that's why I have A.J. Brown there. Uh, if uh, if A.J. Brown ends up at five or six and like I am alone on this, I'll, I'll gladly admit that I was... Uh, that I was wrong. It's just five through ten for me are whatever order oh, you got, whatever Take order you poison. got him in. I'm not. That's good for you know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. stick with your guns. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think having a guy wide receiver ten is necessarily an insult. Um, I, my, I I don't mean to. It's just, <clears throat> I mean, like when I was doing these, so many guys just kept getting pushed down. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No matter what Twitter says, because they will beat you down <laughs> if you have AJ Brown outside of like your top two. So yeah. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> So, I'm getting ready for yeah, the, get ready for for the that beating. pushback. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm a lot closer to Lennox. Like I said, I'm a wide receiver five, um, which is actually one spot ahead of Lennox just because I think he's just a sweet wide receiver. He's young, he's explosive, he's a yak monster. Um, he's just fun to watch and mm-hmm. score literally anytime he touches the mm-hmm. ball. Um, and I'd be psyched to have him. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think he's just a cool guy. Uh, I'm a fan. Yeah. If there's two guys around him after he catches the ball and I'm watching it on TV. He's one of those where I'm like, he could definitely break both of those and then score. <laughs> like, there's some receivers them. that you know are going to get tackled by the first guy. Yeah. AJ Brown can get through three, four, and like still get in. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Check it out, MTV. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next guy here. Uh, DJ Moore of the Carolina Panthers. This should be an interesting one. Yes. Uh, I have always been a DJ Moore guy, um, still am. I'm a little lower on him. I came in to the year with him as my wide receiver three, and he's now my wide receiver 14, so that's quite a drop. But Burbs has him at wide receiver 22, and Lennox has him at wide receiver 21, which I know, if you just heard that, you're like, what are they doing? I, I don't know, man. I can't help him. I agree. That's <laughs> what – when I went into my rankings, I was not expecting him to end up at 21. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. not expecting it. just happened. It's he, crazy. Yeah. Burbs, why don't you – how about you, you shed to, some truth okay. like your tweet said you would? Okay, I just have some <laughs> truth to shed. And it, DJ Moore, again, is get another... Get your popcorn, please. Get your, yeah, get your popcorn. Clay Blob eating the popcorn gift. Look it up if you haven't. Uh, DJ Moore is another guy that just kept getting pushed down for me. Um, I will... Looking at my top, the 21 guys ahead of him, I see them all as being alpha, wide receiver, one receivers on their team. Um, oh, I haven't seen. That's weird. He's got totally alpha by Justin Jefferson. He has been. Adam Adam Thielen alpha more. uh, (laughs) Everyone except eight other receivers. So uh, yes, they you can have you can have both alphas um, on two teams. We've seen it. Um, And yes, thank you, Lennox. Adam Thielen did alpha DJ Moore this last year. Um, DJ Moore was outplayed by both Robbie Anderson 
and Curtis Samuel at two different times um, during this not season. Not on the year, though. Not on the year, but yes, so consistency. And DJ Moore missed I, I do like DJ Moore's consistency, um, especially in the touchdown market because he doesn't get any. Uh, he's three years in a row of two, four, and four. He's 58th in red zone targets. 58th. And my favorite stat is he is seventh in drops. He is an eight and a half percent drop rate. If you minus the uncatchable targets, it jumps up to 12%. He drops. Um, and if you want DJ Moore to be a top 14 receiver, I think a lot of these guys ahead of him have to get injured or suspended. And he needs to be called the DJ No More Drops, please. <laughs> um but he he hasn't without McCaffrey and with the addition of Robbie Anderson his targets and catches went down from 2019 to 2020. Robbie Anderson was added, Curtis Samuel had a good year. McCaffrey was out all year though. And DJ Moore still dropped from 2019 to 2020. What would be your thoughts if the QB situation changes? Teddy was terrible. What if he got a either younger rookie or they moved on and there's just a better more reliable more accurate quarterback than teddy i still don't think that dj moore is going to command enough of the passing volume to warrant a wide receiver one production i just i see him being a perennial wide receiver two uh is is how i rank him and a lot of the guys i have ahead of him we can talk about Thielen are wide receiver ones or I believe can be alpha wide receiver ones. I just don't see DJ Moore. Did you name a few? I want to hear. Oh yeah, yeah. I got. I still have uh, Amari Cooper, Kenny Galladay, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans. We'll get to my fifth ranked guy, Higgins, Godwin, A. Rob. I'm just going up, and then I do have Claypool one spot above DJ Moore. Uh, again, I think he can be that alpha type receiver. I just don't see DJ Moore doing it. Fifty eighth in red zone targets is disgusting. He's never going to score. All right, Langer. Are you done? Let's, yeah, let's I'm done. Those, that was the truth. Well, I'm just going to put the drops thing to bed because drops are literally meaningless and have no weight on anything, especially fantasy uh, production. Deontay Johnson. Yeah, who's a good wide receiver. Produced. Um, so guys that had a higher drop percentage than DJ Moore. Hollywood Brown, who you love. Tyler Lockett. DK Metcalf, who everyone loves. Your boyfriend Adam Thielen had a much higher drop percentage. Those first two I have CD Lamb under DJ Moore. CD Lamb, oh no! T Higgins, who you have a lot higher. Jerry Judy, who you have right next (laughs) to him. Deontay Johnson, like you said. Okay. Wow, it's almost like okay. So that's one. Don't mean anything. That's one of the stats. That's that's one of the stats I named. There's a lot more reasons why he's lower than those guys. Red zone targets. Yeah, I haven't done the whole lot of research into how much. Those necessarily correlate. I feel like uh, McCaffrey and Mike Davis find ways into the end zone. That was a big. Deal. I mean, red zone targets do I think they correlate do. to touchdowns. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> my just, reasons okay. for having DJ Moore at wide receiver fourteen overall is because he is only twenty three years old. He turns twenty four in April. He is less than a year older than Brandon Ayuk, who came into the league two years after him. He has back-to-back years of over 1,100 receiving yards while missing two games. Or he missed one game this year, two games last year. He can play anywhere on the field, as he's shown this year. He used to be just a short threat, uh, short field threat here with Cam Newton, who's horrible if you missed the episode two, two weeks ago. 
and Kyle Allen, and then changed to a deep threat with Matt Rule, Joe Brady, and uh, Teddy Bridgewater, and averaged 18 yards per catch and over 10 yards per target, which is a great benchmark to hit. <clears throat> yeah, he only has four touchdowns in back-to-back years, but touchdowns are not sticky year over year. That's been proven multiple times. So, I mean, if you want to bank on him not scoring touchdowns, I mean, you can do that. I guess his, that comes his, down to his red zone stats, so that's fine. His deep target per, uh, percentage went way up this year. I did I did notice that. So, yeah, because that is, he, that's good yeah, to see. he showed that he can play anywhere on the field. Um, yeah, he's just versatile. He's young. He's explosive. Another yak monster. Uh, I'm a big fan of him. Um, he would have been a wide receiver one in 2019 had he not missed two games with a concussion. Um, so he would have already hit your benchmark, I guess, for – when you were when you were naming when you were naming the guys, were you saying they had more drops than no him? higher drop percentage? Per- percentage, okay. I, I just wanted to clarify. So I think he's been held back, like I said, year over year, with Cam Newton, who sucks, Kyle Allen, who sucks, and Teddy Bridgewater, who might be worse than both of them. Teddy only had fifteen total touchdowns or passing touchdowns in fifteen games this year. That's one per game. You know how bad that is. If he gets anyone at quarterback. He will be better than Teddy Bridgewater. He will throw more touchdowns, and DJ Moore will likely have at least one or two more touchdowns that will bolster him up the rankings. So I do not care that he doesn't score touchdowns. That's not sticky, again. But, if, but I, yeah, he's never – what's his highest fantasy finish? 18? Or he was, I mean, he was 18 this year, 22 the year before. It was 22 um, this year. 22 this year, last year, 18 last year. Is that points for I know t- – Just finish. No, finish. And I know touchdowns aren't sticky, but the way that he's used and performed shows that it, I just don't see an increase in the touchdowns. And without that, he's not going to be a wide receiver top 14. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I think about Robert Woods. Great yards, great catches, never gets in the end zone, and he's... He's always a high-end wide receiver, too. Yeah, exactly, and I think that's... And I, like that's, a 24-year-old... I think he's going to be a wide receiver, too. You have him low-end, though. I have that's him low, where, I do. The, that's the... Because I have him as a wide receiver, too, as well. I do. No, I, I lined much more with Burbeck. I had him at 21. Um, had just some guys over him that I just liked more. Um, agreed. I think he's a very high-floor, safe um, asset. He's 24, attached to some good coaches, I think. Agree, he could get a QB upgrade, going to be a 1,000-yard guy, touchdowns. If they go higher, he's going to be a wide receiver one. If they stay where they at, he's going to be a wide receiver two. Um, so to me, he was just towards the middle to back of my wide receiver two rankings. Um, not as an insult, just uh, that's where I saw him. Is just a consistent wide receiver two type of player, um, which any dynasty team should love to have. It's just there's some guys who um, I think could also just – be better, so mm-hmm. just where I think I think the differences in our rankings just come down to I think that you guys have him ranked at his absolute floor, mm-hmm. and I have him projected to improve. I think that's yeah. what it comes down. Yeah, to. I think we've seen. Sure, yeah. I think we've seen what DJ Moore is going to do. I don't see him making a big improvement, and I I, I have a lot of younger. I have a few younger guys. I think will pass him, um, but it, yeah, I. And we're not even I would, like I would, with the rookies would, yeah. in, like, considered in this, too. Like, there's some Coming really in. good incoming rookies that who knows where we'd end up placing. But, um, but again, I would love to have DJ Moore on my fantasy team. Uh-huh. I would absolutely love it. Because my mindset coming into it was he is a, like, that wide receiver 15, wide receiver 2 mid-range, and just where he came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. 
I thought that was going to be a lot more bloody. Let's, I gotta be honest. <laughs> Let's move on to Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, my turn to get bashed. Yeah, you can. No, you can just go for it. <laughs> so, as I alluded to, this is my wide receiver dynasty fifteen. Brandon Ayuk. Tell him who you have him ahead of. I have him ahead of. Uh, so going, I'll go to DJ Moore. So it's Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, Galladay, Thielen, Cooper, Claypool, DJ Moore. Um, Brandon Ayuk was wide receiver 18 in points per game and red zone targets. Um, his uh, He had 96 targets, only 60 catches, um, but 70 of the 96 targets were deemed catchable by player profile. Um, and he did 750 yards and five touchdowns uh, with only three drops. His 16-game pace was 120 targets 80 catches for 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns. That is better than A.J. Brown's and T. Higgins' rookie year, who you have T. Higgins at 12, but Ayuk at 18. Um, no, I have Ayuk at 22. Oh, so that's even more disgusting because he projected a 16-game pay, 16 pace better than T. Higgins would have had. He averaged 7.7 yards per target and 12.5 yards per catch which is lower than he ever has in his football career. If that jumps up, I, I did the math. If he, if he jumps up to 10 yards per target and 15 yards per catch. That's a, high, that's a lot of improvement. That is. Before but, you get to that. I mean, but yeah, that's a we're, ton of improvement. My last point is, yes, I do expect that improvement. Just like you saw with DJ Moore getting a better offense, better QB. Uh, he had... Uh, I, he's so irrelevant. I can't remember his name. CJ Garoppolo, CJ Beathard, Mullins. and Nick Mullins throwing to him. He is a deep yardage guy. He's going to yes, Kittle and Debo are coming back. Kittle's going to be the you know why the number one receiver on the team. Um, but Brandon Ayuk with that, if he gets eighty catches, he's going over a thousand yards. Um, and I expect him to be a guy with double digit touchdowns. Um, he had he had five touchdowns in twelve games with that terrible QB play. I just so why I have him this high? If you think T Higgins is going to be that good, I don't see why you don't think Brandon Ayuk would. And that's why I have him at fifteen. Yeah, I'm similar to Burbs. I'm very high on Ayuk. I have him at my wide receiver seventeen. Um, I'm more just I'm in love with the match with Shanahan. He traded up in the first round to get Ayuk. Um, because you guys have been talking about a bunch, like took him over guys um, like Higgins, like Pittman, because um, Shanahan just knew he was going to be a great fit in that system. Um, he looks so explosive, um, showed he can be both a target monster and downfield threat. Um, I just love the fit with Shanahan for years to come, four more years on the rookie deal, um, if that goes well, even longer. Um, 21 years old, I just I love Ayuk. He looked incredible. And He's almost so 23, to be fair. Oh, is he okay? Mm-hmm. Turns 23 next month. Okay. Yep, but I mean... Not that it matters. That yeah. I, I like that you said that. Um, the big playability that he showed, like when he has the ball in his hands, holy crap, he is electric. Mm-hmm. And I just think you get him a full 16 games and a, a good target share, 120 targets, 80 catches, he can do that. Um, and if you bumped up his yards per target and yards per catch, because 7.7 and 12.5 is not that... Not that high. Um, so I'm projecting, um, you know, greater numbers there. And so I'm projecting a way better year than he, than he did this year. 
with only 12 games. Do you want me yeah. to dive in? Yes, I do. Okay, so I haven't watched you for 22, so I don't even think that that's disrespectful. Mm-mm. I'm just not going to put him ahead of guys like Mike Evans, Galladay, Keenan Allen, guys that are proven producers who are wide receiver ones almost every single year. Um, I, get, I only have him above Galladay, I believe. I mean, um, you do have Higgins above those guys, and... Yeah, I mean, if you want me to get into that, I'll get into that after I okay, tear, yeah, down, sorry. Your, tear right. down your argument about Brandon Ayuk. Okay, so okay. you said you think he can improve to a 10 yards per target, 15 yards per catch, and 80 catch guy. Mm-hmm. There were two players in the NFL this year that had those benchmarks, DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson. Do you think okay. he can be that? I, I think he has the ceiling of uh, Justin Jefferson, DK, yes. Okay. I think he has the ceiling <clears throat> of a top 10 guy. He, he has the metrics. He's shown that he can. Okay. Um, well, I, the, I, guess I, don't know, I guess I don't know what to say if you're going to agree with dude, that. Get, um, the, get, put Ayuk on the Vikings. I, he's not, he doesn't have a Justin Jefferson year. He does a lot better than he did this year on the 49ers. I do believe that he has that ceiling, and that's why I have him at 15. I just don't think we uh, – I think a lot of people are just sleeping on him, and I, I don't really know why. He has – sorry. So I have him at wide receiver 22, like <laughs> I said. Um, and, again, I like him. I just think that – those benchmarks are insane. If you want to make a bet on him hitting those, I will that's gladly tw- that's do that. That's 20 more catches. That's 20 no, no, more no, no. catches I'm saying those had. exact benchmarks that you laid out to hit the marks that you think he's going to hit. Okay. T- 10 yeah, yards ten, per target, 15 yards per target. 10 catch, and 15 is high. Okay, if he goes up to 9 and 13, he's still <laughs> like how – But uh, so how do you have Higgins at 12 and Ayuk at 22? you got to explain that to me. Because they're the – he. A 16-game pace. He has a better rookie year than T. Higgins' 16 games. He didn't play 16 full games. Yeah, he did. He was. Uh, he was. He has a snap in every if, if in every game. Yeah, he didn't play the last game. He okay. Caught, he first so, play of the but, game. So he went okay, out. explain Higgins' 12. IU 22. My simple. I don't understand it's that. My simple thought process would be he's tied to Burrow, who's thought Bingo. to be a great quarterback. Where the reason I love Ayuk, I, I only have Ayuk one ahead of Higgins. I do see them as very similar uh, guys. Breakouts yeah, into right. this breakout in this year too. Um, to me, it's just I love Shanahan's offense, and that's going to stick around. Um, if Zach Taylor, right, that's their coach. Yep. Um, Bengals, yeah, the, yeah Bengals. the Bengals. So, like, if he has a couple bad years or something like that and he's not this offensive guru that was hoped to be, it could set back that offense. To me, that's the only reason I had him one ahead. But the connection with Burrow for years to come is is why you have him that high. So, I, I, yeah, and I can't I forget that. about that. I, 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 Reasons yeah. I have Higgins higher. Produced better, one. Yeah, more games. Two, has a proven good quarterback that's going to be back, and he's tied mm-hmm. to for a very long time. Mm-hmm. 49ers have no one good. Right now, I don't know what they're going to do with that quarterback position. Three, he already has all of his competition this year, the entire year, and he produced game in, game out. Brandon Ayuk didn't have Debo for seven or eight games, didn't have Kittle for eight games or so. And, yeah, he did good in those games. He was over 12 and a half in three games with Kittle, under eight three games with Kittle. So and those, in those games, six games with Kittle, though, like beginning of the year for a rookie. Mm-hmm. Four through eight and 16 and – Something like, I don't know, some other game. I don't remember what it was. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, T. Higgins was a rookie too, and he was producing week in, week out, sharing targets with AJ Green, with Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, was producing at the end of the year. I get that he didn't have the I don't other think, weapons, but I think that I don't think that I'm crazy having Higgins 10 spots higher than Ayuk. I think that that's totally fine. 
Yeah, I don't think it's crazy either because one of the one or both these guys will hit, um, and it'll be fun because one of you guys will brag at the other. Um, but it's... you have Higgins higher than Ayuk. Yeah, you do. So you, so I know. I'm fun. saying Higgins twelve, Ayuk twenty two because I I see them. I just so like Higgins similarly. a lot more. I don't it, care about projected production. I think that Higgins is the better player, and I'm willing to bet on his great quarterback mm, I, I over Ayuk's situation that I don't think is that good. Yeah. And I, I like Higgins. Yeah. I've always liked Higgins way more. I know more you're the Higgins guy. I do. I just I think people are I think we're I think people are sleeping on Brandon Ayuk and I think he's going to I think he's going to show a lot of people that. Um and I think the 49ers addressed the QB situation this offseason. And then something. and then you have Kyle Shanahan running that offense. So um just both positives there. But yes, I do have T Higgins still ahead of Ayuk because of the reasons that you said. So the last thing I'm going to say is I st- I do like I like I like Ayuk. I mm-hmm. think he's a buy and a hold. I will never put him above T Higgins, um, and it sounds like the price would be too steep for me to buy him. So I guess I would just hold out and see what he does with Kittle and Debo. And if he's not performing, then I think I would try to buy. I will say, and maybe this is dumb of me, like I don't Debo doesn't worry me at all. Um, He's either going to get injured again, but they're completely different receivers too. Um, I, you know, I don't think it, it'll eat into the targets because that's a, a very run-heavy team too. But, um, you know, Kittle's not big on scoring TDs. Every I think Ayuk is going to be their big play touchdown guy. I see double-digit touchdowns a lot of seasons for for Brandon Ayuk. I also wouldn't be surprised if they add another receiver. They have nothing I could, yeah. behind Ayuk and Debo. And Debo and really has Debo gets hurt all the time. Yeah, Ayuk was gets, hurt this year. Kittle gets hurt. I would but, not be surprised if they add another receiver. Yeah. Great receiver class. I don't think they add anybody better in the first or second round. I don't know. They I don't know why they would. I didn't think they would have last year. <laughs> We're definitely going to have a Higgins-Ayuk bet between these two. It's going to be I will fun. gladly oh, do that easy, right now. Easy. All right, let's do it. Shake. Lennox, are we shaking hands? Up. You guys have to. Yeah, yes, yeah. they are. Deal. Fantasy finish for 2021? Yes. Dude, that's so fun. Okay. Yes. Yep. That needs to be. All right, we got to move on. We spent okay. <laughs> way too much time on Brandon Ayuk. I like him. Um, next guy on our list is Juju Smith-Schuster. <sighs> it's me again. Yep. This is going to be a Lennox versus Burback debate here. Lennox has him at wide receiver 23. Burbs at wide receiver. Wait for it. <laughs> are you waiting? 35. <laughs> I have him at wide receiver 25. That's, so, wow. Burbs, hold on. I just want to, before we dive into this, I'm just going to list the few guys that you have just directly ahead of him, just because I think it's kind of funny. 34 so, will, people will laugh so at. He, direct, so, I'm going to go from 27 to Juju. So, he has DJ Chark, Michael Pittman, Tyler Boyd, Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods, LaVisca Chenault, Hollywood, and Gabe Davis. Ahead of Juju Smith. That's right. That's so right. That note, you heard that. On that note, let's get into this debate. You heard that. Yeah, I want I want Burbank to go first. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to talk till he explains thirty-seven. I will explain thirty-five. Adam's over here laughing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to give you a shout out, Adam, because I Juju is at thirty-five because <laughs> he, he dug this hole for himself. He is just. Disgusting to think about in future fantasy. What I mean, if I'll, he's at thirty-five, purely because I have no idea what to do with him. If you can project what he's going to do in fantasy in the NFL in the future, then I'll change my rankings. But you know he's not going to be on the Steelers. Um, he has 
only shown that he can be a good receiver when AB is on the team. Uh, Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool alphaed the heck out of his ass. And I like he's, he's heck, but then ass. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I probably shouldn't swear. Like half Phil Rivers. <laughs> um, and also, I, I'll admit too, this year he's given me some weird vibes. He's, he's being really cocky, dancing on logos, and not backing it up on the field. He got, he got absolutely wrecked in that Bengals game towards the end of the year after he was dancing on the. I just, he doesn't deserve to be that high. 35, okay, is probably way too low. But if you can tell me why he's going to be higher. I will. In the future. I will. Okay. I don't even, like, I don't even think Juju's an alpha, so I'm not even trying to endorse him. Like, wide receiver 23 is barely a wide receiver two. Yeah, not an alpha. I'm not, I don't even, I'm going to say that. He's not an alpha, which is fine. Uh, He's my wide receiver 23. Barely a wide receiver, too. Uh, this year, he finished as wide receiver 18. Uh, that was without Antonio Brown, by the way. So, Burbeck's never finished good without Antonio Brown. Um, mm. Not true. Uh, so, I think people just have a sour taste about Juju because he was, like, anointed the overall dynasty wide receiver one that one offseason. And clearly, he wasn't that good. Uh, not even close. But three out of four years, he's been better than wide receiver 20. Um, and he has one wide receiver one year, two have been wide receiver two years. He's only 24 years old, and some team will financially commit to Juju. And I hope that team actually has some alpha dogs, that he cannot be that alpha, soak up those targets, has a has a quarterback who can get in the ball, because he's shown, like, he's just a wide receiver too. Like, that's just what he is. He never should have been considered that wide receiver one, but... Um, some team's going to commit to him. Someone's going to give him a big contract. He's only 24, and he's going to get targets because the team financially needs to do it. So mm-hmm. to me, I just he's barely a wide receiver, too, in my rankings. Uh, I think 35 is just disrespectful because you said, show me the proof. That's the proof. Like the one year he didn't finish as a wide receiver, too, he was hurt most of it, and Big Ben missed the year. Mm-hmm. You saw Mason Rudolph. Like even with the bad Big Ben, like – he finished the best out of Claypool and Deontay. Like, overall in the year, that's the DJ Moore argument. It's like, he's not flashy. Um, he's honestly annoying sometimes, dancing on the logos. So, like, he's not a player I necessarily want on my dynasty team because I like players that I like having. So, But I think you need to give him his respect and have him as a wide receiver, too, because he's a 24-year-old wide receiver, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I basically just echo what Lennox is saying there. Um, yeah, I mean, he was fine this year. Wide receiver 18 overall, but 27 in points per game, which is pretty gross. Yeah. Um, terrible yeah. yards per catch, and I mean Ooh, that just be touchdowns. A, it kind of felt like yeah. Too, he had um, ninety-seven catches, which is that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had nine. Well, it did not feel it didn't it didn't seem like that. But well, that's because yeah. he had less than ten yards per catch, which yeah. is horrible and for yeah. Echoes receiver. Big Ben's, like, but yeah, ability. exactly. That, yeah. Could, that could totally be a situation in the Steelers' offense, and he could go somewhere and get yeah. uh, be in a lot better situation. So, I I just think if someone in your league has Juju and values him around wide receiver thirty-five like Burbeck, um, buy him. I would definitely be buying at those prices. Mm-hmm. Because uh, he's still young and has the opposite holds true. Can I buy him? Like, values him as the top fifteen asset. Like I don't, I don't. No, think absolutely. That. So, oh, I would. And there's those people yeah. out there. So, yeah. So I think I think that's good. I think we covered off on Juju. Uh, next guy, I just want to talk about here, relatively briefly, is Julio Jones of the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think this my one's going to be sick baby. <laughs> I know. I, I think this one's going to be interesting. A uh, sick baby. Lennox has him at thirty. I've got him at twenty-eight. Birds is at thirty-seven. So that. I mean, that's just a little low for me, and I took that personally. I so. feel like I'm going to get roasted <laughs> you're old. on Twitter. I am going, <laughs> and I took that personally. Well, you're going to get roasted here, I and know. then maybe Twitter too. So I stick to my guns. I just have a few points here. You're going to um, learn today. 
in 2020, he was wide receiver 53 overall. Obviously, everyone that's listening knows that he was hurt. But mm-hmm. wide receiver 14 in points per game. Yeah. Which is pretty sweet considering he left three games early with injury. Um, he put up 68 targets, 51 catches, 771 yards, and only three touchdowns, which is his normal. But in his seven healthy games, I'm including games that he didn't leave early. So mm-hmm. he, he, I'm even including the game where he clearly pulled his hammy, but he still played 70% it of snaps is. and then missed the next three weeks. Yeah. He averaged 8.9 targets, 6.4 catches, and exactly 100 yards in every one of his healthy games. Ooh, that's, that's, that's sexy. That does not seem to me like a guy that's slowing down necessarily. Obviously, the biggest concern is his hammy or his injuries. That, that's a sign to me that he's slowing down. Yeah, but Which he's still performing. He's not doing an A.J. Green where he's out there every game and getting zero catches, mm-hmm. zero yards, yeah. and sucking. He has more juice left than that. He's putting up 100 yards in his healthy games, which was seven of them, which is a pretty decent sample size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all I'm saying, if your whole argument's about injuries, that's fine. I can't really argue with it. But he's. I think there's some positives moving into next year. I think teams might start seeing Calvin Ridley as the top dog, and they might start rolling top coverage to him. Mm-hmm. So Julio could get even more room to roam and do even better in the future. Because, like I said, I don't think he's slowing down. Um, and I think if you're competing, you need to be buying Julio. If you can get him for a second, you should absolutely oh, for sure for that. be yeah. doing yeah. that. Yeah, he can be a low-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two all you, day. You could have gotten two seconds for A.J. Green if uh, you really wanted to, <laughs> right, Juddy? Prior to the year. <laughs> yeah, the thing with Julio is just – it's so scary – that his body could just not have a full 16 or even just, you know, like however many games left in him uh, because he still has the juice. Like he produces when he plays. He's in an offense that's going to be, I think, still good. At assume the Falcons, they, they always give up points. They always need to come back in these games. So um, agree he's, he's only valuable to win now uh, teams. So that's why I got him down at 30. Um, if he's healthy, he should way outperform that, but just it's scary. Like anyone who currently owns Julio knows um, you could be left holding the bag and could get nothing out of him. So it's just, it's in the back of your head. Um, but honestly, anytime you throw him out there, he's good for 100 yards. Uh, you never know what the touchdown He won't score touchdowns. Don't even, <laughs> yeah. don't even, don't even, don't even He won't score touchdowns. <laughs> His 16-game pace off of the ga- years he had or games he had this year is still three touchdowns. <laughs> That's his 16-game pace. Uh, no, and, um, I have no argument. Please don't come at me like come I'm at saying come Julio, at him. like I'm saying Julio sucks. Okay, no, I am. My only argument is that I don't I don't want to rely on Julio week to week uh, on the year because those games that he pulls his hammy. I could be losing a regular season game. I could not have him for the playoffs. I don't want to have to deal with that. That's why he's – that's the only reason why he's so low. So, a question. Um, Thielen at 19, Julio at 37? Yeah, Thielen's had one year in the past four years with an injury. Julio's so hurt every – he's always banged up, though. He had six the straight year. years of over 1,300 yards. I'm just saying he's always banged up sure. and it's getting worse. Thielen, Thielen – not with a D, I always do that – has not shown to be injury prone. He's we'll had get one. To it. All right, our next guy is Adam Thielen. <laughs> so Burbs has him at 19, like Lennox said. Lennox has him at 24, and I have him at 30. Ooh, six straight wide receiver one years before that. Anyways, yeah. Um. Yep. And he has <laughs> yeah. one bad year, and people drop him to wide receiver 37. So yeah. anyway, Adam Thielen, Burbs, go. Again, it was the injuries, not because he played bad. Thielen um, had injuries last year, too. He had a injury that kept him out for 12 games. Julio had a hammy injury that kept him out for. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, okay, uh, wow. what was Adam Thielen on the year, and what was Julio? Let's just – my first argument right there. Um, and Dude, you don't want to do the touchdown argument. <laughs> you don't want to. The, for Adam Thielen? Yeah, go for I, it. I think he gets double-digit touchdowns the next two seasons. Woo, bet. Third in – yeah, yeah, okay. He was, he Someone was write third, these down. Someone write these bets He was – I'll remember. He was third in touchdowns and third in red zone targets. Uh Irv Smith is not our red zone target. Kyle Rudolph is kind of a red zone target. Adam Thielen is the Vikings red zone guy. The he touchdowns purple. <laughs> Minnesota born he, and the way his type of receiver does bode well for him playing until 33-34. He's only 30 years old, which is not that old for a wide receiver, um which I think is 2 years younger than Julio. Um he had he had a bad injury, yes, that one year that he lost 12 games two years ago. Uh, other than that, wide, three wide receiver one seasons, I do not see the touchdowns going down even in the next two years. I think 10 or more. Um, and I think the red zone targets stay that high too. And he played six, 15, 16 games this year, where Julio played eight, I think, um, and is constantly banged up. Uh, that's all I have. And this and Thielen's situation is stagnant going into next year. You know exactly what it's going to be. Uh, if what, what offensive move is going to happen on the Vikings? They're oh, not going to add a receiver right. that'll take it. They have their running back. They should add a wide receiver. They should, but they're not. But he won't take over Adam no, Thielen. No. Yeah, Adam the Thielen QB's is there. The running back's absolutely there. Absolutely incredible. He's a wide receiver. One went on the field, but. It's just when on the field, he's only missed. Oh, he had one injury in the last four years. Oh, dude, but I just looked at one. Julio's so game log. He, he's Julio never played under fourteen games for six straight years before that. You, you don't watch, I, uh, but dude, Julio I, leaves the is, middle of games all the time. Thielen does it. Still Julio, Julio, a year. Julio grabs his leg five times a game. Twenty nineteen is the risk for Adam Thielen, and that is he is like Burbeck said, age thirty, and if he just has one more injury, he only has let's say two, three more years in his quote-unquote prime left. Thielen's prime has been so much later than a bunch of other receivers, but his time is ticking, so th- that's the risk of Thielen is if he has a 2019 year, misses six games, finishes his wide receiver 50-something, and now he's going into his age 31 year, and Jefferson's finished as the wide receiver one again, it's just he's on the back end of that career. I mm-hmm. love him. Yeah. will forever love him. I hope he plays five more years for the Vikings and is – like catching ten plus touchdowns all those years, but uh, Father Time, you know. I just you haven't. Se- I don't see. Ad- I haven't seen Adam Thielen start regressing yet, except for in the targets, catches, yards department. Yeah, but not fantasy points. He, he's sure he's changing his game, but uh, he's still a wide receiver one. What was Julio? Oh, wide receiver fifty something. Okay, so just like Thielen the year before, wide receiver fifty something. <sighs> Perfect. You can't make the argument both have for been, Thielen, but then yeah, make the same three exact out of four argument years, against Julio. Both three out of four years have been wide receiver ones. Julio has been six out of seven years. Um, <laughs> but anyways. All right, so uh, this feels dirty because obviously Skull Vikes. I love Thielen. I got to go in on Thielen because this is just really bothering me. And, oh, God. All right, so I'm just going to read you a stat line. 74, 925, and 14. Which number sticks out to you as an outlier? 14. Anybody? Anybody? Adam? What are we talking about? Touchdowns or hot dogs? <laughs> 14 touchdowns. He was entirely buoyed by touchdowns. If you drop his touchdowns to nine, which is his previous career high, by the way, in his six-year career, he would have been wide receiver 18. 
One spot ahead of Juju, and one spot below Marvin Jones. Still not bad, but that is not... You can't rely on 14 touchdowns every year. I don't know why you even would have made that bet with me that he would get double-digit touchdowns the next two years when he's done it once in his entire career. Oh, I love that bet, though. I love. Oh, it. my oh, gosh. Are you kidding bet. me? Nine oh, is his high. You bet. don't think he Adam Thielen could get ten touchdowns in the next two years? He could. I just think it's a dumb bet. That's why I said <laughs> I don't know why you made it. Because I'm that's obviously how they're going to use him in the future. They've oh. shown that they want to use Adam Thielen in the red zone. Oh, thank you, fortune teller. Oh, so, wait. So, why aren't you listening to the fortune teller then? <laughs> So no, I love that bet because if it happens, that's going to be a great taste of beer. You know, Thielen. Oh, it's going to taste so. And you're going to have to drink beer. the beer that be Adam beer. Thielen made you buy me. That's going to be even nastier for you. I'm going to drink the beer, guys. He may be a listener. Let's <laughs> only good things from now on about Adam <sighs> Thielen. Uh, my girlfriend follows you and your wife on Instagram. We love you. Langer hates you. <laughs> there is no way. That you can make a sound argument to have him at 19 with Julio at 37. And I'm going to leave it at that because your only argument is, Julio was hurt this year. Thielen wasn't. He did better this year. When it's the exact opposite of last year. Okay, so all we're, right. we're going to move on. I'll say Julio, yeah, probably could go higher, but I'm not dropping Thielen. Okay, that's, I mean, if, that's if, your if, choice. If, if your biggest argument is that I have Julio too low and not Thielen too no, high, no, 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 fine. No, 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 no. I think you need to come to the middle on both of them. Julio's going to regress every year going forward. Just mark my words on that. Okay. So we need Top to talk about... from wide receiver 50. <laughs> <laughs> or stay the same. The next two guys we need to talk about here in the next few minutes are mm-hmm. both Burback guys. Michael Pittman. We who can he, skip him. Who he has at wide... No, no, you have him at wide receiver 28. I need well, you to defend I want to talk about Gabe Davis first. <laughs> we'll have that. <laughs> I need you to defend Michael Pittman at wide receiver 28 first. Uh, uh, he is going to be the wide receiver one on the Colts. They're going to go get a win now QB. Um, he had, uh, 46 catchable targets, but caught 40 of them. And he reminds me of another kind of, I, he was electric when he had the ball in his hands. The Colts really did not use Michael Pittman until week 10 pro and going forward. And when they started using him, he was unbelievable i think it reminds me of what not the same but what you were saying about swift you're jumping on the hype train early i think michael pittman is going yes he had a really uh not sexy rookie year but i am i'm projecting a massive jump without philip rivers ty is going to be gone uh michael pittman is going to be the wide receiver one on that team and uh i don't think i think he could easily be a top 28 wide receiver next season on the Colts. I think he's a great prospect. Um, I'm more viewing him for a rebuilding team. Uh, he's my wide receiver 37. I think he could jump, but I don't really see him having a top 24 year next year. Um, this rookie year, he only, like, he flashed. He looked good. Um, he took some, like, slants for deep, but um, he only had one game in double digits in half point PPR scoring all year. Um, it's going to be a QB change. Um, I just, don't see him as like a top 24 guy next year. So to me, um, great upside long-term. He fits that bill as the wide receiver one for a great, I think, run organization. Um, so I think we're looking maybe two years down the line. So that's why I'm saying more of a rebuild and a prospect. But he's one of those guys that, I mean, if, if we're, I think, consensusly going to have him somewhere in the 30s, He's not going to cost you a ton, ton to get. I know there's going to be some people He's a great value right now, I feel. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I heard that someone traded... Uh, him straight up for Chris Herndon. So if you can Jeez. do it at that price, absolutely. If you can do it at that price, I would one hundred percent jump on it. 
Um, and yeah, I'm a lot like Lennox. I haven't wide receiver 41. I just don't really care about Michael Pittman. Like, he's cool. I mean, he could definitely outproduce that. I totally expect him to. I'm just not going to put him at wide receiver 28 right now. And that could pay off. That could absolutely pay off. It's, it's bullish. It's very bullish. It is. I just have not put any thought into Michael Pittman, and I wasn't that impressed with what mm-hmm. I saw out of him. Like, he, re- he made some cool plays. Yeah, but. if you're a rebuilding team, I'd, I'd try to get him. Oh, most. absolutely. Mm-hmm. He's a buy, as long as people don't value him at 28 right now. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And the, uh, Burbeck, go on your soapbox. Last five minutes Dave on Davis, Reeb. Baby. I know Lennox is on this yeah. soapbox with me, Ben. Let's go. High five. All right. Dave Davis. I have just a couple points, and then I got to give Lennox some time, too, because we're both uh-huh. we're both in love with Mr. Gabriel. Mm. Um, he had uh, 62 catches for – or 62 targets for only 35 catches, and that's disgusting. 46 of those 62 targets were deemed catchable. Um, so 35 catches on 46 targets is not bad. He only dropped the ball three times. Um, 600 yards and then, yeah, seven TDs. That's, that helped buoy his fantasy points. Um, the big point and, and why I have him at wide receiver 34, um, which I'm looking at now, I like him better than Michael Pittman. So Ooh. I got I gotta, oh my god! I gotta redo this, but uh, John Brown had fifty-two Bro, targets. Like so you're gonna put Cooper. him at wide receiver. You like him better than something? Amari Cooper? Let's no, I just say, I just oh, hear me out. John Brown had fifty-two <sighs> targets, um, and this is definitely going. So they his dead cap is only one point six million if they cut him in the offseason. If they keep him on the team, they have to pay him nine and a half million. They're they're getting rid of John Brown. You just. Give Cole Beasley his 100 targets that he got this year. Give Gabe Davis 52 more targets. He's going to have eight, uh, 800, 900 yards and double-digit touchdowns. On a Josh Allen, how do you not even – how do you not want the wide receiver two even on the Buffalo Bills? I'm projecting that John Brown's stats are just going to go right into Gabe Do you Davis. think he's going to get every single target that John Brown's leaving? Unless Cole Beasley's going to get 100. I don't see Diggs' targets going up. They don't throw to the running back. And Cole Beasley already got 100. So, yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily think he's going to get all those John Brown targets. But the thing is, he is 21. He's a big 6'3", big frame dude. And Josh Allen. He had the limited uh, catches, like Burbick said. He, w- he was only used as the wide receiver three and four, but he had to earn that playing time. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was earning playing time, uh, caught 17 yards per catch. So he was a deep threat and then was reliable, caught the touchdown catches. A fifth of his catches were touchdowns. So again, like that's not saying that he's going to do that over the course of his career, but he's clearly built some trust with Josh Allen, some chemistry, and that offense is going to chuck it going forward. He's never going to get the number one coverage. To me, he just, he fits the bill and is just a good buy for what you're going to pay for. He fits the bills. He fits the bills. Wow. (laughs) But he's just, to me, it's kind of like the stock market, you know, like I just think what you're going to get him, his value is going to increase, whether it might be next year if he produces or, or two years from now when he actually gets that John Brown full role. But he just – he passed the eye test for me. So he's still my wide receiver 41, so he's still really low. But um, he's above some surprising guys that even got pushed down farther. There's so many great receivers. I know. And I'm taking the bet on the 6'4", 21-year-old receiver tied to Josh Allen with John Brown and Cole Beasley. Making those toe-tap catches a, yeah. in the playoffs. And the two other Ooh. receivers have a foot in the grave. <laughs> um, he's going to be Josh Allen's wide receiver, too. Of course he's going to be top 40. Um, I just go by Gabe Davis now. Right now. Before his Unless the, you're in our leagues, because guess what? I have him in and I'm not getting rid of him either. <laughs> but the off-season hype train on Gabe Davis, I'm, 
Trust me, it's you know I'm I am the conductor and Lennox uh-huh. is next to Circle me. Circle the wagons. We're, we're the conductors. Circle the wagons. He's a he's a he fits the bill for the bills. What do you have to say against that? Ivan wide receiver forty six. He was wide receiver seventy in points per game. Um, if they get rid of John Brown, I don't know why they wouldn't bring another guy in. Because they have Gabe Davis. Uh, he was fully buoyed by touchdowns and was still wide receiver seventy in points per game. I think he's cool. I just see Darius Slayton two point so I'm so not different. going to invest. Josh Allen like versus Daniel Jones yeah. is so, and they're so coming to mind in there. Yeah, but one of them. Darius six. Slayton was also like the number one when Gabe Davis tops out at the wide receiver three on his team. So are you are you saying that Gabe Davis is going to go like have the same pro, uh, trajectory as Darius Slayton? Like not necessarily. Down? I just see the same kind of rookie year and the same kind of like I I, I mean Darius Slayton I think had a better argument to be a good wide fantasy wide receiver than Gabe Davis does. And I'm not like saying he's Gabe Davis is ever going to be like a top twenty four dynasty wide receiver, but playing like DFS, you'd slot him in there because he was a cheap guy in those lineups, and he'd end up scoring a touchdown and putting up top thirty weekly value, top twenty four yep. weekly value. So it's just a cheap guy, fun offense. Uh, Diggs is going to cost you an arm and a leg. Gabe Davis cost you a finger. So it's just like you just get a piece of that fun Bills offense. If he doubles his catches, which is just only seventy. Which is just seventy. Then he's you, gonna have. Yeah, if he just you don't doubles think Gabe, it. You don't four, think Gabe, fourteen touchdowns. You don't think then. Gabe Davis can have seventy catches on the year next year? <laughs> I'll make that bet right now. Seventy catches. Dude, how many Davis. of his Three catches were that uncatchable? Is that you don't what think that? catchable versus uncatchable targets? Are you kidding? What did they equal? Oh my gosh, dude! You're just throwing out these stats. If he triples his yards per target, doubles his catches, and fifteen times his touchdowns, you, do you think Gabe Davis is getting one? thirty-five catches next year? Is that what you? Well, how many catches do you think Gabe Davis is getting next year? Fifty-three. No. Alex Burbeck has Amari low. Cooper as wide receiver Way 20. We never talked low. about it. It's a disgrace. All right, guys. That's the whole episode. Oh, God. We, I wish we would I'm not going to be back next week. Amari Cooper. Um, you better believe this will be continued after we log off of this podcast. So thank you all for listening. Uh, we're the Dynasty Alphas. Alpha. Alpha. Oh, yeah. Alpha. 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 Alpha.